and welcome to the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. My name is Emily. Travis. Matt. Hi. We're all here. We're doing it. Hope everybody had a nice holiday. Yeah. Did you guys, all everybody eat turkey? I I didn't have any turkey. No? I had turkey. I made myself some shredded beef. It was quite good. Made made a sandwiches out of it. Did you put it in a crock pot? Used my uh, instant pot. Oh, nice. Johnny instant pot over here. Johnny instant pot. <laughs> it was delicious. I had to put the put the jardinaria on it. What's the jardinaria? It's like it's like pickled like little cauliflower, Ooh, carrots and onions and stuff yum. and it's real spicy. Love it. <sighs> Italian beef. Oh, on a, on a, t- on a toasted hoagie. <laughs> yeah, good. I got my own thing going on over here. It's unrelated. It's unrelated. Yeah. Um, it was also my little brother's birthday on Thanksgiving this year. So you're Thanksgiving and you're Christmas and he's Thanksgiving? He's sometimes Thanksgiving because okay. Thanksgiving's always the, the last Thursday and he's the 24th. So okay. sometimes Ooh. it falls. Um, but yeah, it was his birthday. So we also had birthday cake. Wow. Oh it was so OMG. Lots, but it was really good. What'd you do? Uh, I made my own Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, whole, yeah. The whole Thanksgiving dinner for uh, for Christy and uh, her f- for friends. Nice. Yes. Uh, did it turn out all right? Were you it rushing around? It like was good. A- nine out of ten. I give it a nine out of ten. Were you um, wearing, did you wear an apron in the kitchen? I did. I should have worn an apron in the have. kitchen. I was a mess, I tells you. <laughs> I was running around. It, like uh, The turkey was the hardest part, even though there's not much to it. It's like complicated. Do you have to stuff stuff up his butt? No, you're not supposed to put the stuffing in. That's how you get salmonella. Yeah, I don't think we do that. But don't you have to like reach in and like get out all the stuff? Yeah, there's the all, there's a bag of giblets that you got to pull out, and then then there's also like the neck and stuff. I just left it in there. It's fine. It's mm. not in a bag or anything. But like it takes for like you're supposed to put it in there for three days to thaw it, and we we had it in like for two and a half days, and it just wasn't like it was the day of <laughs> cooking it. And I was like, oh, I'm sure this will be thawed then. And it's like <laughs> no, frozen solid. It turned like, out okay. Oh though? shit. Uh, yeah, it was fine, but it, it was like, just really cold. It, had, it was just it was just ice <laughs> was cold, just tough. but <laughs> like to the really delicious, Re- like a, like n- delicious frozen pieces of turkey that mm. you kind of crunched down. It was like ice cream cake turkey. It was like an ice cream cake turkey, like yeah. The, yeah. like the pieces of frozen beef trimmings that I feed to my dog. Yes, <laughs> just is like oh my gosh, this is so good. And they were so cold <laughs> that that also kills the salmonella. Yes. Like if it's t- if it's hot enough, it'll kill the salmonella. But this was so cold. It was like <laughs> it didn't have a chance. Yes, exactly. It, didn't have a chance <laughs> it, it obliterated those salmonella cells. <laughs> Uh, no, it turned out great uh, in the end. And the, the you get to, if you cook the turkey, and this is the thing that I, that I was learned for the first time, you have to be the person that like breaks the turkey down into turkey pieces so you can throw the Carve carcass it? away. Actually, uh, it, yeah. yeah. Well, there's carving it first, and it's like, but there's so much meat on the turkey. There was only four of us. Um, that you've then you know once that's all done with and everybody's full, you've got to take the rest of the meat off of the turkey and put it in you know stuff Tupperware and whatnot. And uh, and I was just doing this by hand. This is a fat man's dream, by the way. I'm just like ripping this turkey <laughs> to pieces by hand, and like one for me, one for the Tupperware, one for me, one for the Tupperware. That's incredible. Like, <laughs> it was like I've had dreams like that before. It's <laughs> very homework. You're like I'm gonna wake up any minute now. <laughs> this can't be happening. Oh my god, really? Oh, so good. Uh, so that's so I recommend cooking your own turkey because you can do that and you can make an absolute disgusting spectacle of yourself. Yeah, if afterwards. you cook your own turkey, you can do whatever you want. What's anybody? What's anybody gonna tell me? I cooked that fucking thing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, speaking of giving thanks. Oh my god. What you a, guys, you what a range. May, you guys may have thought that you were done with Tony Scott. We'll mm. get to some Tony later today. Oh, we'll get to him later. This is an episode that Travis and I have been wanting to do for a couple of years. I'm bleeding for this caper. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> and it is going to have because we decided to do it just because there's one extra Tony Scott movie in the bunch that we could do after Tony Tony Vember. Um, and so we're doing today all three Beverly Hill Copses. Mm. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop One, <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop Two, eh, well. and Beverly Hills Cop Three. Uh, and today's episode, aye courtesy aye once aye. again of the Great Will Goss, is called Triple Axel. Oh, so good, Will such Goss, a good title. Really, Can really we just have pocket. him do all our titles? Killer. And well, give, I mean, give him like a few bucks off the Patreon. But we got a no spoilers. But we already came up with a good one, and that's ours for the next one. That's yeah, true. It's ours alone. We no can, one we can claim take it, it from us. This yeah. is not yours, Will Goss. <laughs> it took a, it took thirty seconds to come up with the stupidest thing we could think of. Goddamn pretty masterpiece! It's, it's a masterpiece. You have to wait to the end to find out what the title is. Yeah, so next episode. Stay tuned. And I think you'll find it well worth it. <laughs> boy, oh boy! But let's. I think we should just jump right in here. Let's do it. Because I think this. I mean, I, I, I don't want to sell ourselves short, but I think this is going to be a quick episode. There's so little to say about the third one. There's not much to say about all of them, except the second one is, like, a lot of fun to dig into for me. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, let's I'm get gonna started. Try to, I'm going to try to talk about the first one without crying well, I mean, it's, yeah, Travis is one of fa- your favorite <laughs> movies. Possibly my favorite. It's Actually, so good. Actually, watching it this time, I think it might be my favorite movie. Aww. I think I, like, I was I just watching it. I love that for you. I was watching it with, like, te- like, tears in my eyes, like, the whole time, just smiling and, like, clap- like a baby with keys jangling It's in front number of one face. on Travis's sight and sound list. It's <laughs> number one on my sight and sound, absolutely. <laughs> Suck it, Geneve for well, Brussels or whatever. All of a sudden, whatever. Beverly Hills Cop is on the fucking top 100. What's going on? Bullshit. Dude. That's me as Paul Schrader on Facebook, <laughs> but with but with Travis for Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Travis is too woke. It's too this woke nonsense. I, I'm not I, saying it's not a great movie, but <laughs> as I said on Twitter last night, Michael Bay poll went. I want this. I want Michael Bay yeah, sight and poll. Okay, I'm sure he is wasn't not, invited. But <laughs> do, is there a place to see all of them in the? Um, I'm not sure if it's on the website or not, but like people have been posting there. People like yeah, a lot I've of the list out of the magazine. Ones. I think I don't. I, I think at some point the individual ballots will go up. I'm not sure if they are or are not. Love to up dive into that as of yet. Um, and I also want to see Zack Snyder's ballot. And then everyone mm-hmm. was like mad that Ty West just put a bunch of like legit boring good movies, but it's mm-hmm. like those are great movies. I mean, they're let them be. Let them be. People are people are mad because it's very basic, and yeah. I think that that's dumb. But it's also like Roger Corman's not putting a bunch of. Well, he's dead. Well, I. But what I'm saying is, like, the list that they showed, like, his sight and sound list. Is, wait, is Roger dead? He's dead. Roger Corman? I, I don't yeah. know. That's a, I'm, not, I'm not sure he is well, dead. Well, I saw a list of his. I, I don't know if he's dead or not. Then he must not be dead. Well, it might have not have been this year or something. It might have. They might have been using it as a I can't believe example. I don't know if Roger's dead. <laughs> I can't on. believe you immediately tried to be like, he's dead. <laughs> he's dead? Well, I was trying to undermine you because you're a girl. <laughs> I know. It's Roger, hard to Roger not Corman, undermine me because I'm a girl. Roger, this is Wikipedia. Roger Corman is alive. an American film director. All right. <laughs> Roger Corman okay, is Okay, well, then alive. that list that Wikipedia. I saw was probably from this year. What did he put on his list? It was just like normal, boring stuff. Yeah. There was like nothing. It wasn't like, oh, that's a total Roger Corman pick. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, well, because people find- Roger Corman picked the color of pomegranates? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whatever, guys. Uncle Bon Me? Wow. Uncle Bon Me? Uncle Bon Me. <laughs> I want to see that movie. I want to eat that, that movie. That's delicious. Uh, all right, so the first <sighs> movie is Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Eddie Murphy is a Detroit cop. <laughs> on vacation in Beverly Hills. I just got off the phone with an Inspector Todd in Detroit. He says if you're out here investigating the Tandino murder, you needn't bother coming back. I don't want to take it anymore. 
who claims to be on vacation, you look a lot like you're on a stakeout. Stakeout? No, no. I'm picnicking. This is like a picnic area. I'm to ask you some questions about Michael Tandino. I've never been to a cell that had a phone in it. Can I stay for a while because I ordered some pizza? We have six witnesses that say you broke in and started tearing up the place, then jumped out the window. May I help you? Yeah. I'm looking for Victor Maitland. I have nothing to say to you. How you doing? You guys don't know nothing about nothing, do you? You just got your badges and your guns and you're on the job, right? Make sure we get the right drinks, because my drink club sold out. Throw up. You know, this is the cleanest and nicest police car I've ever been in in my life. I have a question about this movie, but I'm going to ask it later. I want to get through some of it first. Okay. Mm-hmm. This movie is directed by Martin Brest. We call him Marty Brest. Marty. And he also directed Midnight Run, which I've seen. Mm-hmm. Great like, film. And he directed Meet Joe Black, which I still haven't seen, but I want to. Great movie. I'm like one of four people who thinks that movie is good. Oh, Nick's the other one. Nick likes that movie? Yeah. Oh. Aw. That's so cute. I did the, I did a Matt's Bad Blockbusters on on an old episode of Viva. I do remember that. For, me, for Meet Joe Black. A movie that I am very fond of. Mm-hmm. If Nick doesn't like that movie and I just made it up, sorry, but I think you do. Also, <laughs> Martin Brest famously directed Geely. And that was the end of him. Oh. Geely like really. Gidgely. And yeah. uh, a movie that we covered on our Patreon, Scent of a Woman. Scent of a Woman, I'm not as big a fan. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as big a fan of... Well, actually, we, we did it on the on the Patreon, and I, I, maybe I did like it a little bit more than I thought I we would. We all sort of settled on the fact that this is not great, it's but it has its moments. No, yeah, it's pretty... What? Uh, but, but, oh. but, but Marty Brest did Midnight Run and Beverly Hills Cop, and... That's and he had, us. and he really brought like with particularly with those two kinds of movies, he had a real special thing going, like a really humanistic, mm-hmm. uh, like these these like funny action movies with a, with heart. Yeah, and and like very character driven funny action movies with heart. And uh, and I think Beverly Hills Cop is the best example of that. Of course, I think a lot of people would say Midnight Run is, but uh, I think Midnight Run's a better movie than this. But I also think this movie is great. Yeah, the thing, I think Midnight Run is a better written, better acted, better directed movie. I think that the thing that makes Beverly Hub, Beverly Hills Cop great on the same level of greatness is solely Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is so... I also th- think that is probably true. Eddie Murphy is so goddamn charming, charismatic, and so funny, and so cute in this movie. Yeah. You could take the same exact script. Even, even like, certainly a lot of it's improvised, right? Some it's of it's got to be. be improvised. Not nearly as much as the second one, but... The second right. one's too fast. Ooh. Too but, fast for me. But uh, you could take the exact same movie, just like replace Eddie Murphy with literally any other actor, and it would be bad. Well, it was supposed to be... It could be Schwar- really it annoying, was supposed that's to be for sure. Some, somewhere in, in the development hell, it was supposed to be Stallone. Yeah, but I'm not talking about the version that you would have gotten with Sylvester that, Stallone. That's right. I'm talking about take, yes. take the movie that you get and just like digitally remove well, Eddie Murphy and have been, somebody else do exactly his same shit. It would have been lines. annoying. It would have been great. If yeah. it had been the Stallone movie, it would, just wouldn't have been this, because Eddie Murphy's superpower in this movie is being Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Is doing these little hustles, these little um Shtick. these little Shtick. improv improv shticks that the, he, where all he the, pretends all the to greatness be someone. that he is all the stuff that he does so well in this movie is exactly what sucks about the next one. It's <laughs> yes. unbelievable. There's well okay and okay. We'll so, get into it. So but. first to address to address the first part, I think that Eddie Murphy's performance in this movie is probably the most charismatic performance in the history of film. <laughs> I don't think that there's ever ever been a more charismatic performance than this. I that's, mean that's possible. What would rival 
this. This he, is definitely he, up there for he sure. Was, he was so good in this fucking movie, and also a couple other movies that he did before it, that he's coasting on it now. <laughs> it is It is 35, I don't know 30 about years, that. 30, 45 years Aren't they going to make another one? On they are making another one, yes. Who's, for, do for you know Netflix. who's doing that? I forget. It's nobody that interesting. No one you care about. Mm. Eddie Murphy's like ready to do that? It's well, Roger Corman. they've been trying to do it for a long time. Then there was a failed television show. Yeah. Mm. Then, um, But then... Uh, He's had a lot of success at Netflix, Coming to America 2. That was, I liked Coming to America 2. Mm. I thought it was sweet. <laughs> I thought it was sweet and fun. It's so, it's so bad compared to the first one. Well, yeah, the first one's great, but I, I was happy with seeing yeah. the second one. I like one. Wesley Snipes in the second one. Yeah. Didn't see it. That's not, not going to. That's but, okay. But he's had a lot of success. They basically managed to get Netflix to pay for it, so it's finally going. Mm. Well, I'll probably, oh boy, am I going to watch that out of... Grim curiosity, or just skip it. I mean, it's I already watched them dest- uh, destroy my my beautiful boy, and on two separate occasions with it's, Beverly it's Hills Cop two and <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop three. It's called <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley. They've abandoned your boy. Yeah, <laughs> abandoned my boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, this is probably my favorite movie. This is probably my favorite movie of all time. It's so and so without good. question, without question, my favorite movie that we've done on this podcast on the on the proper feed yeah. podcast okay. for sure. Um, I don't think it's as good as Miami Vice. Well, I mean, I mean, here's the thing about Beverly Hills Cop. Nobody doesn't like Beverly Hills Cop, but probably I might, true. but I probably like it more than anybody else in That's the probably world. Probably true. And and okay, like Eddie Murphy, the most charismatic performance possibly in the history of film. Mm-hmm. I also think everybody else is great in it too. Like I don't think he's the one thing to recommend no, no. about the movie. Uh, this movie has everything that I like. Mm-hmm. And, and, and <clears throat> it, it is a really good question that you ask. Would this be worth worthwhile at all without Eddie Murphy? I think it would be a forgettable like three star down the down the line if it was just some regular actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this role, and Eddie Murphy obviously tips it into being, in my opinion, a goddamn masterpiece that right. makes me happy every fucking time I watch it. Um, but I, but it's got <laughs> like, but it's oh man, but it's. I I'm like, sorry, that's funny to me. I like Ronnie. Cox. I love when he says that yeah. shit. I like Judge Reinhold. Mm-hmm. I like John Ashton. Uh, I love the bad guy, Stephen Burkoff. Stephen Burkoff. It's got uh, Albacher is the uh, the girl. Yeah, Johnny Banks is Jonathan one of my all time favorite yeah. henchmen in it. Johnny Banks alone would make make me like this movie. He's, He's so good. scary and perfect. James Russo. James Ru- Oh, I love him. Yeah. I love everything about this movie. Every time, because uh, the thing is, you Eddie, love Eddie Murphy, Bronson was, Pinchot. I do. Of, well, everybody loved Bronson. Like, I was talking to Emily uh, about how that this movie made his entire career. Yeah. And she'd right. never heard of Perfect Strangers before. I have heard really? of Perfect Strangers. I've just never seen Perfect yeah. Strangers. It's, it's just the character in this movie, the TV show, and it went on for like eight years because people loved it so much. I, uh, I, I when I was watching part two a couple of days ago, I it struck me out of just out of the blue that Paul Reiser in Beverly Hills Cop Two is like proto Bronson Pinchot in True Romance. Mm. There's because there's a scene where he's all coked out pretending to call. Oh. Uh, the police. Do we know chief? that he's coked out? Well, I mean, he looks really coked okay. out. I feel like everyone in this movie. <laughs> and like, and he's Beverly Hills right, we'll, we'll talk about He's it. got the Ferrari with the two babes, and he's just like trying to pull Axel's scam for him. And I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, this is totally like that scene in True Romance where he gets pulled over with the coke. Uh, <laughs> that is true. Hi. It's definitely it could have been the same day. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> back to the first movie. Uh, yeah, you know, it's I I don't I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Mm. I. My main issue with this movie is that I feel like there's there's like sort of not a lot of good action in it, but it's also not, not really, really an being action an action movie. movie. Yeah. It's more of a comedy. Yeah, you, that's it, true. there's so little action in it's it. It's like an investigation comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it opens with an action scene and then Which is great. closes with an action scene, and that's it. 
Yeah. That's it for the action. So it op- should we should we go through it for those of you at home who don't know what happens in this movie? Mm. We're introduced Happy to Eddie to. Murphy. Well, before um, we even, uh, I like every single second of this movie. So uh, before we even meet <laughs> well, Axel Foley, the greatest character in the role, we get this great kind of documentary style footage of Detroit that mm-hmm. uh, they, they clearly shot de- documentary. Like I don't think these people know that they're being filmed while uh, this is while the heat is on plays by Glenn Frey. Mm-hmm. Did you post some? You posted some stills on your Twitter. Yeah, right? like I want to do a documentary. Like a where where are they now? Because just these little just these great shots of these Detroit, and, and it's like just the way you want Detroit to look too. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like wonderful fucked up looking like sh- scenes of people walking around in like burned out buildings and sitting in front of houses smoking cigarettes and stuff like that. Everybody looks great. This is ex- perfect. exactly how Philadelphia is shown at the opening of Trading Places. Yeah. Mm. This is how they, they, he also shoots um, Boston at the beginning of the town. Mm. He's like, this is the, how about this town, huh? It's also like how Detroit Intro Romance. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but this looks great. You got the heat is on by Glenn Frey, of course, from the Eagles, and uh, and that's and that, there's a lot of that's great a, music. It's a great mov- music. <laughs> All the music in this one and in the second one, I was really I was down with. It was a fucking great time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, but then we meet Axel, and he's doing his th- and he's doing his Axel thing right out of the gate. He's in the back of a truck filled with boxes of cigarettes. And he's uh and he's you know he's undercover at this time, so there's definitely a good deep, reason deep, for him to deep, be running deep, one of his games. Deep undercover. He and he's like saying uh, everything that he says in this movie is funny. <laughs> yeah, I was like, how are we gonna do lines in these movies because there's all- so fucking many. <laughs> So many, uh, but this was the one that stood out because he's. This is where he keeps on going. I'm a businessman. I'm a businessman. Quit jerking me around. There's supposed to be five thousand. <laughs> read my lips. Five thousand dollars. Read my lips. Five thousand. <laughs> supposed to be. There's only two thousand dollars here. What's going on? But at one point before he gets to that part, he says these are very popular cigarettes with the children. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And then uh, and then these dumbass plane. Uh, these dumbass uh, patrol cops. Show up and fuck up the whole deal, and they take off in the car in the truck. In a, in a truly fucking awesome action scene, car car chase sort yeah, of. This thing. is really really good. It's so so good, and and at one point, I love the way Martin Brest shoots this. Like real, there's not there's not a lot of style. He he shoots this sort of Walter Hill style, real matter of fact. Um, just point the camera and, and shoot sort of stuff. And let the characters do the work, but that really benefits this action scene quite a bit mm-hmm. um, yeah, because yeah, it looks yeah. it looks like he really just. <laughs> At one point, this guy is driving this semi-truck through, like, residential streets in Detroit, and it really looks like they just dro- drove a truck into a residential street in Detroit and smashed everything up. It, lo- it looks like something <laughs> I mean, terrible is happening. I-, I, ho- I hope they didn't do that just for the sake of <laughs> for <people>. Detroit. <laughs> for the sake of Detroit. But as he keeps smashing up cars, and then at one point, uh, it, it's, it's, this thing's barreling, this huge truck barreling along at like 40 miles an hour, hits one car that smashes into a telephone pole and explodes, and yep. it's just like, Jesus Christ. Hmm. Um, so, of course, this makes the chief of police furious. Yeah. <laughs> He's not happy with Axel. Right right all. away, we realize that yeah. Axel doesn't really play by the rules. Yeah. <laughs> He's a bit of a loose cannon. He's a rascal in this, Inspe- for real. Inspector Todd has had it with his shenanigans. Inspector Todd. The, Inspector Todd. The great IRL Shall we Detroit talk, corrupt yeah, cop, Gil Hill. Should yes. we talk about Inspector Todd Who apparently that? hired a hitman to kill famous kid drug dealer, White Boy Rick. And yes. which is stupid because... Are you? Do you guys know all about the White Boy Rick story? Mm-hmm, yeah, it's fucked up I because don't. because the government basically the 
the government use this kid to fucking deal all these drugs and get them the inside scoop on things, and then they like, aban- they like got him in deep, and then basically just fucking they abandoned, bailed on him, yeah. bailed on him, and then fucking like prosecuted, got, him, prosecuted like, threw the book him, at him, even yeah. though yes. they like they were the ones to make him be and who the, he was but since in, he was but little. Inspector Todd in this movie tried to have him murdered, <sighs> to, because not not just tried to have him murdered, but because he was going to dish, uh, uh, yeah, spill the, the beans on corrupt. police corruption. Yeah, I mean Jesus it's Christ, the most corrupt circle of corruptness ever. Yeah, I didn't know this until now um, that Gil, that any of this stuff about Gil Hill. I mean, he ran, he was a congress, uh, he was in the a city councilman, mm-hmm. he ran for mayor. Mm-hmm. Why yeah, do you think? He, why was he in this movie? Was he in movies? He was literally an inspector. A chief inspector of the Detroit Police Department. Yeah, but do you when, know when this movie was why made? Why they made him be in this movie? I think it's like literally <laughs> for texture. Oh, I, I also I, I don't know this for sure, but I, my suspicion is that it might be like an Arlie Ermy situation. Like he was brought on board as a right. technical advisor, and then they were just like, "Well, let's they're just like this have, guy has this, something. Let's just have this guy be this the guy." guy I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they made the. I mean, this guy's apparently corrupt as the day is long. Yeah. But let's just say this: I've always found this guy to be kind of scary in a in a authentic sort of way. Like when he shows up, he's like, "Axel, you motherfucker!" Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, oh no! He don't not, a, you don't want to run afoul of this guy." Yeah, he's not likable at all. If there's a certain authenticity, like kind of rugged authenticity to his performance, it's because he really is a scary guy in real life. Uh, but he happens to be pretty good at playing one in the movie as well. He's pretty good. I mean, everybody's good. You're right. Uh, and he has a, a really great line at this part where he's... Uh, this, this, this is Axel again. Uh, I love this whole interaction with the chief. And He's, he's just, not he's, the chief. Or he's he's bo- just he calls his boss. Him boss. He's an inspector. Chief inspector. Yeah, he's boss. Um, but, but he goes, you know... He's like, so you you, co- you cost a lot of money when you did all that. And he goes, <laughs> Axel goes, I don't think the cost is the issue here, sir. I think the issue should be my blatant disregard for proper procedure. <laughs> he goes, you damn right. And then at one point he goes like, the, ch- the chief of police, yeah, because the chief of police just chewed his ass off. Yeah. He's like, Axel, <clears throat> the chief chewed my ass off. You got one last oh, chance. He starts the movie. He's got one last chance yeah. with the chief. And then he walks away and uh, Axel goes, the chief ain't chew all, he- all of your ass. You still got a little <laughs> ass there. He goes, don't try me right now. Not right now, <laughs> Axel. So funny. Uh, he's complimenting the chief's ass. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, all right, he's just got this, this ain't I a stinker thing going on, and it's just perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like it's almost like they were like, Eddie Murphy is Bugs Bunny in Beverly Hills Cop. Yes. Because he even has like Bugs Bunny superpowers in this sometimes. Yeah. It's pretty fucking He great. is pretty much like Bugs Bunny, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> That's cute. Like half the time, it's just like, he just does it to fuck with people. Sometimes it, this happens a lot more in the second one. Oh yeah, because most of the time he does it in this movie. There's like he's trying to get from point A to point B, and this is his superpower. But there's plenty of times where he's just like he's amusing himself. The shtick in this is more plausible. Like the, somebody might buy it. Yes. <laughs> in the second one, no. He's doing it just because he's yeah. Eddie Murphy, and he has to do stuff like this. Yeah. In the second one. Well, um, <laughs> like yeah. Anyway, so he ends up uh, his childhood friend resurfaces. James yeah. Russo. James, James Russo. Russo. Billy. Not Billy. Jimmy. Mikey. Mikey. B- Billy, Jimmy, Mikey. It's Billy, all Jimmy, same Mikey <laughs> resurfaces, and they haven't seen each other in a really long time because Mikey was in jail for some sort of was it, auto theft or whatever that he took the- He was in stir. He was in the clink, the pokey, the hooskow, the <laughs> state pen, the big house, mm. and him the and, slammer. And him and Eddie Murphy used to do a bunch of crimes together when they were kids, and I guess- uh, 
Mikey went to jail, even though Eddie Murphy was also involved in whatever he went to jail with. And Mikey was like, oh, you're my you're my buddy. I took, I took the fall, whatever. Now I'm back. Let's fucking party tonight. And Eddie Murphy's like, I'm a cop. But yeah, let's fucking party. This is really economic storytelling, too, because like they they have about five minutes to get off, like what their relationship is, why they get along, what happened in the past, uh, how uh-huh. they feel about each other now and why this guy is in, why this guy is connected to Beverly Hills. And at one point, it it does seem a little clunky when he first shows up. He's in Eddie Murphy's kitchen. Eddie Murphy thinks there's like someone's broken in or whatever, which someone has, but it's his friend. Uh, <laughs> and he's and the dude is just sitting in front of the open refrigerator. Like what kind of maniac? Just like sits in front of, just opens the refrigerator and keeps it open. It's nuts. But but he's like, hey, we love each other. Hey, I love you. Hey, uh, what have you been doing? And he's like, hey, b- uh, check this out real quick. <laughs> Look at these bearer bonds that I have here. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> check out these German bonds. It, that's that's just that real. I that I stole. They're just mine. Don't worry about it. Just look at them. This is the plot. This is plot business here. But don't forget, <laughs> I ha- don't forget, I have them. But like, we I don't need to talk about them. Anyways, <laughs> well, let's talk about our past and like, and have a good time. Go out and have a good time. Yeah, let's go out. But I love this. I love this character uh, so much. He's he's oh, like he's the, great. He's the he's kind sweet. of like criminal. Like you, you you understand why why Eddie Murphy loves this guy so much. You see their dynamic. Eddie Murphy has chemistry with literally everybody in yeah, this movie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and there's a scene that I find very moving where they're in the bar and of course James Russo's like super drunk. Mm-hmm. He's drunk to the point that Eddie Murphy has to carry him home, but they're sitting at the bar and he's like, Oh, I remember that time that we tried to steal that car and uh, when we were younger and for Eddie Murphy this would have been like four years ago. He was twenty two when they made this movie. Unbelievable. <laughs> I think he's playing like a thirty year old or something. Unbelievable performance. You cannot be a detective at twenty two. Uh but anyways he's like, uh, yeah, we stole that car and we got busted and and he's like, you, I went to jail. That's why I went to jail. Yeah. And he goes, why did you Why did you do that? Why did you take the rep? Why didn't you turn me in? And he goes, you don't know? He goes, no. He's like, you really don't know? He's like, no. <laughs> he goes, because I love you. It's <laughs> <laughs> so great. So I sweet. Lo- I love it. So I love the- This movie is such a sweet, sweet movie. It like is. It, really it's got such heart. Movie. I mean, obviously, the, the the marquee highlight thing is Eddie Murphy being funny as fuck, and that's the movie. That's why people love it. But I think this movie's also just got a huge heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they end up going back to the apartment, and uh, where it doesn't go well. They're ambushed out. by Jonathan Banks, who kills Mikey. Jonathan Banks and the dude from Total Recall. Yes, champion. champion, Michael Champion, Michael Champion. Yeah, they knock out name. they knock out Eddie Murphy, and then they start roughing up Mikey, and they're like, "What do you let, you have these bonds, whatever, blah blah blah." God. Jonathan, and then they Jonathan they Banks. act like they're gonna let him go, which jo- is so I, sad. I hate when people do. <laughs> I hate when people do that. I hate in movies when that happens to someone <laughs> to a character you really like. You're like, oh shit, maybe that's they real. Are gonna that's let real him. mafia shit right yeah. there, where he's like, uh, instead of just going, because at first he's, he's like, slapping just don't, him. Don't come back again. Don't yeah. ever fucking come back. And he's like, I won't. Yeah. I won't, man. And I he's won't. crying. And like he's the drunk, moment he's he sees crying. this guy, he's crying. Yeah. He's like, I'm so sorry. I was gonna take him back. And he's like, All right. Well, you we're gonna he's take like, these I just, back. I just took a couple. I didn't think you'd Don't you do it. Yeah. And Jonathan, Jonathan Banks is reveling in this too. Like he's he loves he's playing so evil in this and he's having so much fun playing and he's like, all right, don't you do it. <laughs> Punches him in the stomach and then shoots him in the back of the head twice. Mm. Uh, we we like see that him shoot him in the head too. Yeah. It's like, it's really fucked it's up. It's really sad. grim because we just met this guy. We love this guy. They had such a fun reconnecting night together. <coughs> Dead. I'm and always boy, happy to see what. Michael Champion, by the way. I love that guy. I love Michael Champion. Saying he's saying she liked it. No, I'm sure she hated every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking guy. 
world's <laughs> world's guy. best henchman's henchman yeah, in Total Recall. Hen- he's a henchman henchman in both of the, the two movies that I <laughs> that are possibly my two favorite movies of all time. I mean, my uh, God, he is so fucking funny in Total Recall. It just kills me. Great job, Michael Champion. Yeah, you did good. Um, yes, and of course, everyone in the world should be lucky enough to have a friend like Axel Foley mm-hmm. because. He's going to go figure out, he's going to go to Beverly Hills, where he knows the bear bonds came from, and well, get to the first, bottom of this. Well, first, Inspector Todd chews him out again. That's right. And he says, you better not fucking investigate this case. Like, you need to. And he's like, well, i got to investigate. It's my friend. He's like, I don't fucking care if it's your friend, blah, blah, blah. You need to go to the hospital, check out that lump on your head, and then, you know, get back to work. And then, Eddie, like, immediately, <laughs> Eddie Murphy's like, um, may I take a vacation? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> are you going to use that vacation to investigate? He's like, no, no. I just need to use a vacation. I, I'll go on vacation as soon as I'm out of the hospital. Can I use my vacation? He's like, yeah. Well, obviously, he's going to use his vacation to investigate the murder of Mikey. Because, I mean, cut to, he's in Beverly Hills now. And this is where we get the quintessential Beverly Hills cop montage of Eddie Murphy driving around <laughs> where, while the Pointer Sisters plays. Yeah. Well, and, wait, and before, looking at the hot babes in Beverly Hills. Before he goes yeah. to Beverly Hills, we need, we need to establish that he goes to Beverly Hills because he knows that Mikey was working for his other childhood friend or with his other childhood friend, Jenny, who yeah, works at a gallery in Beverly Hills. And so that's where he's going. And that's where he got the bonds. So that's where he's going. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the montage, fantastic. This he's is driving what this around. This all about. <laughs> is Eddie Murphy driving around, seeing because it's fish. It's a fish out. It's a crocodile Dundee yeah. type of thing, or a crocodile Dundee. My was favorite this. line comes pretty much at the end of this montage, but we'll we'll get Ooh, to it. Okay. Well, yeah. So we see him. This is this is just what you want to see Eddie Murphy doing. Yeah. He's not even saying anything, but and he's being hilarious and charming because he sees silly LA, silly L A stuff and, and is like ha, and sexy babes. Sexy babes are like making goo goo eyes at him. He's like, <laughs> he's just having the time of his life. He finds that funny. If and you then, go, by the way, if you go on IMDb like quotes for this movie, somebody has written. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. <laughs> I mean, I love the Eddie Murphy laugh. It's almost as good as the Arnold like ah face. <laughs> almost as good. <laughs> almost as good, but not as Good. <laughs> Eddie Murphy's laugh in this movie is just the music. Yeah, it's, it's great. Wonderful. It's uh but, there's, but my favorite part of this montage is where he's walking down the street and he sees two uh, people in silly, like they, they're basically dressed like Michael Jackson. Yes. Uh, but they're actually also dressed like Eddie Murphy because Eddie Murphy dresses <laughs> just like this. But not in this movie. He's... he's uh, He's a he's, work, he's a working class guy. Detroit Lions in his Mumford Fizz Ed T-shirt. In the this movie, Axel though, his his outfits in this movie are he looks great. He, he looks, looks so good. Great. If any of you men aren't sure if your jeans are fitting right out there, listening to this yeah. podcast, can you please uh, look to this movie because Eddie Murphy in this movie will provide you with all the guidance you need to uh, have the best fitting pair of jeans. This is how a man should dress. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I do my best. Love Emily. Love Emily. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. You're welcome. Uh, but he sees these two guys, and then he's, <laughs> he's barely keeping it together when they can see them. And then, of course, as they walk past him, he's like, ah, ha, ha, yeah. He's just very amused. <laughs> he's very amused by everything that he's seeing in Beverly, Beverly Hills. At the end of this montage, he goes to the hotel to try to check into the hotel. And this, this, is, this is my favorite line. Because it's just like, perfect, this is Matt's sense of humor shtick. But he pulls up and, and he asks the valet parker to park the car. And he's like, will you please be careful with it? Because all this shit happened to it the last time I parked it. Because <laughs> <laughs> his car's all fucked up. His car's all fucked it's up. it's just a piece of shit. <laughs> it's like a Chevy Nova. It's a beat it up sucks. Chevy Nova. But that, I mean, that fucking cracks me up so good. <laughs> That's a fucking great. God damn, this movie's good. 
Uh, and then he goes and he runs a, he runs a, one of his first little hustles on mm-hmm. the ho- hotel so he can get a free hotel room. Which is really a good a good <laughs> Which is not even a got. free hotel room. It's the price of a single room, which is still <laughs> which really is still expensive. Which is crazy expensive. Especially for 84 It's like $230. It's 250 a night in 1984. In 1984. Which I wouldn't even pay 250 a night for a hotel room now because I can't afford that no, shit. No, that's, that's expensive that's for a hotel very ex- now. That's more than like staying at the West End, you know, Absolutely. or like any nice place downtown. <laughs> Absolutely. This is like a, th- it's like a, Twelve hundred dollars, yeah, but it's the fanciest uh, the Beverly Palm, I believe, or whatever they call it. Uh, but this is hysterical, where she's like, "We don't have the, we don't have the room for you." And he's pretending to be a reporter for the Rolling Stone, who's here to interview Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the way that he runs it, it see, this is the the. We'll be talking about the difference between this and the second movie. Um, the the third movie is going to be hard to say much about. This is kind of a nothing. Sure, I, I do like the second one <laughs> in its way, but he's just doing. You can see there's a clear purpose and strategy behind this thing and in the second one he's just yelling at people yes like he just runs up and starts yelling at people and Correct. people go like i guess this worked on us but in this one he's running a clear a clear game on this woman mm-hmm. <laughs> and my i love this line where he like pauses a little bit when she says they don't have any rooms open for him he's, don't you think i realize what's going on here miss and then and then he and then he starts yelling at her about I was I came here to write an article called Michael Jackson is sitting on top of the world, but I'm thinking of but I'm going to change the title of the article because to Michael Jackson can sit on the top of the world just as long as he doesn't sit in the Beverly Palm Hotel because there's no N words allowed in in there. <laughs> and then the, and then the and hotel then the manager, manager walks right up. Hey, uh, we we somehow managed to find a room for you. I think it would have been really funny if the hotel manager instead of coming in from out of frame was like from under the counter. He goes yes, yes. just like pops. Up. <laughs> is there May I help you? It's <laughs> great. Um, He's like, sir, could you could we just end this? We'll give you whatever you want. That dude, the the, the hotel manager is also in RoboCop and Total Recall. Damn, he did pretty good too. Yeah, everybody did good. Um, but the, the, this scene is so funny. I mean, that stuff's funny. But then it ends on a really hilarious note too that cracks me up even more than that line where. He's he's in this character. He's locked in, and then they go. I did. We'll, we'll we're not gonna. We're just gonna charge you a single room price, okay? Yes, and how we're much giving is you that? everything you want. He's like, oh, thank you, thank you very much. I'm sorry, I got out of hand there. It's fine. How much is that gonna be? He's like, that's gonna be two hundred fifty dollars. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he's just quietly like uh, horrified, but he can't like back down now. Like that's he's, that's <laughs> as much as he can get. Uh, I love it. Uh, so now he's got a hotel, and now it's time to to go visit Jenny. Yeah, he goes and visits Jenny Summers. Great, chem- great chemistry with Jenny as well. Jenny rules. Their friendship is cool. I like it. And we also meet um, Victor Maitland around this time. Oh, Victor Maitland. Because he comes to see Jenny after Axel leaves, right? Yes. No, because he, he goes to he see Axel goes to see him quick. first, and then goes to see Jenny. Then goes to see Jenny. This is where he gets thrown out of the window. <laughs> I got thrown out of the window. I don't remember the exact order, but yeah, he goes. He goes into Victor Maitland's office, and he doesn't know that Victor Maitland's the bad guy, but. He's, he's pretty, probably sure. pretty sure that the moment that he meets him, because Victor Maitland is clearly a bad guy. Well, he's, 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 he's like clearly by, a villain. He's played by Stephen Burkhoff, who also played the bad guy in, for instance, uh, Rambo, yes. Octopussy. Um, he's in Barry Lyndon. You know, he's always he's playing with bad the dragon guys. tattoo, but he's not a bad guy. In that. That's true. Well, not really. No, he's not not a full, not the bad guy. At yeah. any rate. Um, but he's he just he looks and he just yeah. cannot. He, yeah. There's no way he's not a bad guy. He goes up to see that guy. And Jonathan Banks is there. And Jonathan Banks is there. By lying and so saying he has a flower guy. delivery and that he needs to oh. to personally deliver it to That's him. That's a great he, line. He doesn't. Do you got the line? Yeah. He, he has, uh, floral. <laughs> he's like, I have to deliver floral it myself. Floral delivery is my Ma'am, life. I have to deliver it myself. Floral delivery is my it's life. my life. <laughs> I have to do this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
and then he just go he just goes for it. The the he the thing is the confidence and the quickness of it is and how Eddie Murphy's just so charming is how he gets yeah. away with and, all this And he shit. just walks in and the moment that the guy starts talking he's like, "Well, this must be the bad guy because he's a bad guy." Right. And then and then the guy kind of like he's pretending he's like, "Oh, I'm so devastated to learn that Mikey's dead." Oh no. Oh <laughs> heavens no. And, and then it, like he cuts it off real quick. And then at this point, he pretty much knows who the antagonists are. They drag him out, throw him out of a window. And of course, the cops come arrest him for getting thrown out of a window, which is another classic Beverly Hills cop scene. I just got thrown out of a window. You're arresting me? (laughs) Okay, so this is where one of my favorite things starts to happen about this movie. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is where I can get into my big big question about this. Uh, the, The depiction of the Beverly Hills Police Department in this movie is... Yes. Something else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't call it copaganda, but it's the, not not copaganda. The joke that the cops in Beverly Hills play are by the book, so by the book, and so on the ball, and so nice is fucking it's absurd. Preposterous. Beverly Hills is in Los Angeles, right? It one is of the most notoriously corrupt police departments in the world, <laughs> if not the yes. most. We do everything by the book here. We're all straight shooters to a comical degree. Like, okay. It's funny to me that they have to exaggerate the degree to which these guys are such straight shooters Yes. to make the Eddie Murphy fish out of water thing work. Yes. I also was wondering, and this might make me sound really stupid, but could this movie work today given the way racism functions in our society and the larger awareness of it and the way that uh, police uh, are perceived especially with regard to uh, people that they're arresting who are of color. Yeah. They would have to change a lot of like, stuff You'd have it. to change a lot. Like, the structure of this movie might not function the same way. I don't think so, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's just really... the whole. It was really interesting. Like, the whole dynamic of the way that he interacts with them and vice versa is, like, so different from the way that you would look at something like that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It almost seems, like, antiquated, but in, not in the way you'd think. You no, no. I mean? it, 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 it takes place in a movie where it's not that there's racial issues aren't brought up. He brings them up a couple times, oh, yeah. but it's very light. It's very light on that sort of stuff. And, and usually the people, the problem that people have with Eddie Murphy is that he's like a, a pot shot and, or that he's, right. that, you know, or he, it's Maverick, more, it's, you're dangerous to everybody. It's more that he, he's more a fish out of water just because he's from a different town. Yeah, exactly. a different Also, ways, the whole thing is and not. And it's not because it, he's black. And exactly. It's, and it's also not like corrupt cops versus good cops it's cops playing by the book and the cops going off the book to achieve the same thing right yeah. right you know and not, like, at it, least at this point you, you know, know he, he's in the back of the squad car and he's like you know, this is the cleanest squad car i've ever been in my life this is cleaner than my apartment later he they are they're at the police station and he starts flipping them shit and taggart punches him in the stomach immediately yeah ronnie cox is like come here apologize to this man do you, you want to press, press charges? charges and it's like but <laughs> i mean just the idea of like a white cop punches a black guy in the squad room and immediately there's accountability yes. yeah and then he, and then he's like well where, where i'm from detroit where it's like we're we're kind of fucked up yeah and like meat and potatoes police department where we don't <laughs> but it's like again this is los angeles yeah 
the L.A. Yeah, and even as he leaves, you guys are so polite. Yeah, he's like, you guys are so polite. He's like, you got a good punch there, Taggart. Yeah, that's that's just like they generated this to get the fish out of water dynamic that they were looking for. it totally works. Yeah, and it works within the world of the movie, but it's nonsense now, and you'd have to make the movie There's that lie at the end where he's leaving, he's like, no, I want to go back to Detroit, get back to some good old-fashioned street violence. Yeah. Come on. It's L.A. Oh, man, this is so funny where he's where he's in the he's in the holding cell, and they bring him in there to talk to Taggart and Rosewood, and he's like, um, can I uh, stay here for a little while longer? I ordered a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will eat it, though. Somebody will eat it. <laughs> he's so funny. Everything he says is funny. And this is where we, we finally meet Taggart and Rosewood. Uh, the great, the great Joe Jordan Holden, John Ashton. Yes, so great in this. They, they have their great uh, dynamic between the two of them. And uh, like Rosewood auto, auto, automatically loves. I think they both love Axel. Everybody mm-hmm. loves well, I Axel. I think Taggart is more Taggart suspicious is... of him, and Rosewood, like Billy, is kind of like this guy's funny. Yeah, yeah. Billy, Billy is a very kind of baby. He's so good in this. He's, he's so cute. Sweet, sweet angel baby, Billy. Yeah, he's so cute. And in this, I, I even like him in the second one because I think it gets a little funny and bonkers. <laughs> but the th- the third one, you know, we'll get there. Yeah, well, um, we'll get there. There's so like, much but, good but shit Taggart, in this with Taggart them. has to be is, is like real toe the toe the line kind of guy. And Rosewood is just swept up by uh, Axel's charisma. Yes, and just wants to be his friend basically. But I think Taggart. I don't think Taggart dislikes him. I mean, he punches him in the belly. But like they basically like have a bond at this moment. Yeah, because he punches him in the belly after they get in a fight, and then he apologizes, and Eddie's like. No, you don't have to apologize. We don't do this. We don't yeah. Yeah, apologize to each other in Detroit or something like that. <laughs> and he's like, you got a good punch there, Taggart. And, and so Taggart's constantly pushing back on uh, Axel's shenanigans. But like, I think well, they're they, like, they have, they have a, a begrudging respect from Taggart is happening. And then pretty soon they're friends. Yeah. There's a great scene later on when uh, when they, they do some other fucked up shit. And then, uh, well, it's, I, think it's, I think it's after the strip club chase shootout oh. thing. And then Bogomil, Ronnie Cox is like asking them like what happened, and and uh, Eddie Murphy is like Axel is like okay so I was at the strip club, they were following me, they just had club sodas, they weren't doing anything, they saw, they saw the two guys like knock over the the they saw them coming club. in with something under their jacket so yeah. they came in and yeah. and then I didn't even I was just enjoying the show I didn't even know and then yeah. they they prevented and then they foiled the robbery and Ronnie Cox was like Taggart is that what happened Yeah he's like no. And Eddie Murphy's just like, man, you ruined a perfectly good lie there. <laughs> no, he's it was, he was like the heroic cop story. It was going to work. Yeah, it was going to work. It was going to work. <laughs> he's, it's so funny because he, he, start, he starts out for a fairly reasonable yeah. Axel st- story, and then it just gets preposterous by the end where he's like, and in an ideal world, these guys would be wearing capes because they are, <laughs> they're not just regular cops. They're super cops. They're super cops. <laughs> but, so, John, but John Ashton Taggart's um, arc in this movie is that he learns to lie. He learns how to lie, like Axel, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. this and at this scene we know that he can't lie, and the, at the end he lies, and we and it's good. Um, but this is but the, so they're like antagonistic, and you get the classic uh, banana in the tailpipe scene. Oh my gosh! He gets his he gets a, the banana from Damon Wayans, who's doing his classic gay guy character. That oh he, boy! That got him fired from SNL. Yeah, that's tough stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's at least there's not much of it, and they don't yeah. hit it too. He doesn't like say anything. I mean, He's doing I don't. The character. I don't particularly care for Bronson Pinchot in this either. I gotta That's say, interesting. I don't. I just. I don't think it's that funny. People like, thought, people thought, thought it, was it was the funny. funniest thing. <laughs> I in thought the world. it was funny. It's not. It just doesn't. It just doesn't play right to me anymore. I like it. I. I, I mean, I, th- th- this scene is. He's he's not unfunny. Like okay, so the shit where he's like, 
How much does that cost? $130,000. Get the fuck out of it. No, I cannot. Yeah, that's fucking That funny. stuff's funny, but the like, Ahmed, Ahmed, he can't Ahmed. say his name. Oh, yeah. that's not funny. That no. shit's boring. Uh, <laughs> and then when they bring him back in the third one, it's, we'll talk about that later. But <laughs> Oh, boy. There's a, there's this really funny part. And, and this is what, one another thing that I love about the, the character of Axel Foley in this movie particularly um, is that he is the funniest guy in the world, but he's also really nice. Yes. He's it, re- is a nice guy. Well, he's a, he's sort a, of. He did. He did chew out that lady. He at chewed the hotel. out the lady at the hotel, but he was trying to get a free room. Yeah, and then he was sure. nice to her once he had what he wanted. Yeah, but I mean, like he doesn't. He he doesn't like start mocking this goofy character that Bronson Pinko is. Like he's immediately hitting it off and getting along and curious about him. They're just like fr- he's just friends yeah. with people yeah. right out of the gate. In this, then he in hears this that he makes a good espresso, so he orders one for Judge Ryan. Do you want to twist a lemon in that espresso? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, I, I make would. a twisted lemon, and then he goes, uh, "If it's not any trouble," and he goes, "No, don't be stupid. <laughs> don't be stupid." <laughs> but this is at one point. Somebody like one of his uh, interns or something comes up to Serge, and uh, and like ask he's like uh, go tell uh, Jenny that Ahmel Foley is here and then and then he goes he points to his like his shirts unbuttoned here and he goes cover this up it's like the breast of a dog to scrub for the customer it's not sexy it's animal <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And people lo- thought this was so funny. This character was so funny, like that. Bronson had, his, had a whole career after this. Like, yeah, it was so it was so beloved that people had seen nothing like this. Apparently, evidently <laughs> not. You know, I st- I do think it's funny, but it's it's to to, cons- to think about the fact that this was just an absolute sensation when it came out is it's yeah. fascinating. Um. Yeah. So they're Taggart and Rosewood watching him outside the hotel doing the stakeout, and then Eddie Murphy. Orders them food from the from the uh, room service I think menu. It was a shrimp, shrimp salad, salad sandwich. This is really yeah. good. Can I get some more mayo? <laughs> <laughs> and while they're eating it, or while Judge Reinhold's eating it, he puts the bananas in the tailpipe. Mm-hmm. Classic. Classic, classic. And then it's really cute because later on, when they're when <laughs> Eddie Murphy's like, "Did you guys like that food or whatever?" and then. And Judge Reinhold's like, yeah, it was really good. And then Taggart's like, he was, you know, he was just playing a prank on us or whatever. And then Eddie Murphy's like, no, you guys, like, I know what it's like to be on a stakeout. I know you can get really hungry. And, like, that food, that came from the heart. Which is like, yeah, it did. You know? He's a lovable guy. He made sure to order, like, good, like, he was like, and how's that? Is that good? Send them over a dessert, too, you know? Yeah, send them over a dessert, yeah. My favorite banana in the tailpipe joke in this movie is later when they when they, he pulls Taggart, Bogomil pulls Taggart and Rosewood off Axel and puts the other two guys on there. <laughs> those, and those and weirdos. there's the, there's the other black cop and and the and this guy this is a classic Eddie Murphy where this guy is too white for Eddie Murphy and he's like this we're, is very we're not gonna fall for that banana in the tailpipe because you're not gonna fall for the banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> he does his white guy voice, which is really really fucking funny to me. But <laughs> but again, like to add to the just like the. How they how this character well, he does it he's like I'm sorry that's funny yeah. to me yeah. to add to like how this character gets kind of tainted and twisted in the second movie to become more less likable he does this thing that is probably pretty hurtful yeah and then he goes I'm sorry I'm just fucking with you that that's that's kind of stuff's funny to me yeah. I'm, I'm sorry and he seems genuinely apologetic about it I went too far with that one I I do I do apologize. He does. He says that kind of stuff's funny to me. That, he says that line in part two as well, but it's just like <laughs> I, whatever he did, whatever he does it, it makes me laugh. That's just great stuff. Uh, my one of my favorite scenes in this movie. There's a, there's a lot of like you don't notice it because Martin Brest doesn't have an ostentatious style. This movie just feel is very breezy. But there's like like Matt was discussing the the, the, the racial world that it takes place in is fantastical, and like and, and like weird. Fantastical forced plot contrivances happen all the time in this movie, particularly mm-hmm. when they go to a strip club. Oh, 
And and they needed to come up with some way for him to have like a bonding moment with uh, Judge Reinhold and John Ashton. And so he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna, well, I'm going to go to a strip club. You know, you guys can come follow you me along." You guys, dicks can get hard. Whatever. You know, Jagger's dicks hard, but he won't let you know that because he's the boss. <laughs> I am on duty. Can't get hard. I am on duty. My dick can my get dick. hard. And there's a vanity song playing. Yes. The nasty girl song is playing, and, and Eddie Murphy's just dancing along to the it while, while he's having it. While he's discussing here, Billy, things. Billy, give her this. She'll yeah. fall in love with you. Hey Taggart, look at this piece of evidence that I. <laughs> he's like swinging <laughs> along to the music. Um, he's so fucking funny. He's just so just sitting there going like this. <laughs> but the, 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 I love these little details where he does say like, "Billy, it's okay if your dick gets hard," and Billy's like kind of shocked. He's like, "Oh, <laughs> oh!" Like he's t- Never heard anything. Nobody's ever talked like this before to him. It's Beverly Hills. They're all straight arrows. They're all Boy Scouts, yeah. of course. Um, but this is. But then, of course, you know how strip clubs are constantly getting robbed uh, by two man Jack crews. Yeah, it happens. Smash and grabs. Um, this is just. It's, it's like a completely superfluous to the entire plot. Just two guys try to rob this strip club while they're there, and it gives him a, him a moment to bond with Taggart. And you, we also get to see how much of a fucking badass Axel is. Yeah. Because in addition to being clever and funny and we're you know working on his clever, good on his feet, he's also the toughest Batman. Yeah. <laughs> he's he, the he, best at shooting and punching. Until he gets the, the drop. He's on the his best head. at shooting and punching. <laughs> he punches. <laughs> he punches three guys into boxes at the warehouse uh, fight scene at the end of the movie. He's yeah. absolute. He, he punches them with one punch. They go fly three times in a row. Incredible. It's great. Um, he's from Detroit. He's from Detroit, Street where they do things a little differently. Uh-huh. Um, but the strip, cl- they, these guys try to rob the strip club. They stop them, and then the, that's your bonding moment between Taggart yeah. and Axel. Um, and that's but that's the the event that gets the these two guys kicked off uh, off of the Axel case, I mm-hmm. guess. And then the, the new guys are brought in, and this movie moves real quick because we're already getting towards the the end here. Yeah. He's he's putting the pieces together. He goes to the warehouse. He runs another scam. Yep. I think the possibly probably the best scam in the movie is the warehouse scam. Oh, uh, where he tells him he's the customs <laughs> inspector guy or whatever. This is one of the few moments where they kind of where they they really dance around the racial issue. This movie's not interested in in that discussion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he does say when he when he's like, "Could you get your manager now? Like, uh, come come talk to me now." Because after he's been walking around, he's yeah. caught. And the guy shows up and he goes, "How could a black man dressed like me just walk into your warehouse and start poking around without anybody asking me any questions whatsoever?" Yep. And then he's just. <laughs> So you gotta call you, and then he's like, just through sheer force of, of personality, like gets these guys to show him all the documents that he has and stuff. And yep. he's like, "You guys are gonna have to call your wives. We're gonna be here all night." <laughs> and then at one point, they're someone, bewildered. Indeed, they are. It like cuts back later, and he's still going through their shit. I mean, he's a nice guy, but he's trying to get what he wants. He's ruining this guy's yeah. night. But he, one of these guys, goes, "Hey, well, maybe this is." Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Did we even check this guy's badge? Like, why are we doing everything this? And then he goes, "Hey, would you like me to have the IRS come down here and crawl up your fucking ass with a microscope? Cause they'll do it. I've seen him do it. It's not a pretty sight." <laughs> and he goes, "And that's not. Oh, okay. It's, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's not my Porsche, by the way. All right, then you got nothing to worry about. Yeah. Well, let's do this thing. What a great guy." And and that's and he's just finding clues. It's much like the second movie, clue to clue to clue. Yeah. They find the uh, they find the coke in the coffee. Coffee grounds. Nobody knows about the coffee grounds. Masks the smell for dogs. the dogs. Not really true, but Axel's a super cop. He's 22 years old. He knows more than all, everybody, all the other cops on, on yes. this force. Only Ronnie Cox knows about the coffee grounds. Yeah. 
Uh, he's, but this is where he starts forming, mm-hmm. forming a bond with Ronnie Cox, too, yeah. to the point where they become best friends in the second movie. Yeah, they're well, they go in, on in, fishing no, trips. In, in between the, the in, two in between movies, the two they movies. become best friends. They, be, they go on fishing trips. He knows his daughter intimately. Yeah. Oh, not intimately, but you know. Well, he, do, he does say <laughs> that if his dad his didn't daughter. have a gun, I would have, I, something would have happened. That's what he says. It's weird. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Uh, you you kind of you want that to happen because you love Ronnie Cox and this. Sure. You love Axel, and you're like, I like it when I like it when Axel's making friends with people. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, this is all leading to Burkoff. Burkoff is, of course, a, a, a drug famous, dealer. powerful art dealer. Uh-huh. And so, like, the chief of police is like, where do you stop har- har- harassing victim Maitland, one of the most respected men in this community? Yeah. You know, like, that kind of thing. So nobody can believe. Why, why doesn't this guy just stick to the art dealing like why do you? Why do yeah, you that's have? a lot of money. Yeah. Art dealing's a lot of money. You got you don't have enough money from the art dealing. Yeah, you got to do the drug and murder. Well, I'd why do you got to do that? That's stressful. It's too stressful. I'd do it. Mm. Wouldn't you get stressed out? Yeah, that's what I, I got. Other people to kill people for me and stuff. Yeah, it's that's it not would my be stress. Way too stressful. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> okay. I I know when to, I I I'm content with like eight million dollars. I don't need to have forty million. Anything more than like t- five million dollars. I feel like wouldn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you, you know. <laughs> I was like, anything more than two, three, four, five, five anything million. Anything more than five million, maybe more than ten. A hundred million billion zillion dollars. From my experience, five million is perfect. Uh huh. From my from your experience, experience, from your experience, five million is the. I spot. could coast on five million for like a yeah. little bit, you know, like, just mm, a little bit. It feels just a nice. little bit. When I got to the five million mark, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is it. When you get, we you get, I'm you get right five here. elbow bumps at the bank for every <laughs> when you get five when million. The, yeah. When cool. we hit five million on our Patreon, I felt like really good. You know, oh, I felt like we could we were like fine for a while, and now we still need to like. Yeah. Thank you for the to, for the five million. Thank you guys. Join our Patreon. I'm so glad that we're rich beyond our wildest dreams, beyond our imagination. <laughs> this is what pays sign for me and Travis's Starbucks every morning. Mm-hmm. Please do sign mm-hmm. up for the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Okay. So like, so now we're getting towards the end. Um, he's he's got all the evidence that he needs, and and it all just kind of like ends up with him busting in to their compound, and uh, Judge Reinhold like wants to come with him. Taggart, and this it's is where exciting. Taggart has to. Ha- t- t- it's very exciting, and Taggart has to finally choose good over procedure. Mm-hmm. This is a great scene where he's well, like, they kidnapped uh, Lisa Eilbacher too. They kidnapped Jenny. Jenny, um, Jenny. Jenny uh, the actress, Jedi. the actress Jedi. who plays Jenny is an amateur Jenny. bodybuilder. Oh, yeah. Me too. And the daughter, huh. and the daughter of oil barons. Well, what an exciting so, life. <laughs> so wow. those are some details to, to, to be Jenny. Have, to be Jenny. Um, <laughs> Jedi. And that's and that's where you get the uh, the only other action Jenny. scene in the whole movie. <laughs> Which doesn't, I mean, Victor Maitland's people are very poorly trained. They're very bad at sneaking around the house and just standing out in the open and getting shot at. They, they do. Jo- even Jonathan Banks is bad at it. Like he's like he he looks he looks down one one hallway and then walks down the other direction and there's Axel just sitting there on the floor shoots yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> they do a classic uh, movie henchman thing and that's probably just the way that they have to set up the squibs. But they where you just like they you've got a machine gun and you do a sweep yeah. to the feet of the person that you're trying to shoot at. Just kind of sweep the uh, machine gun. Yeah, like these guys this. have. I feel like aim. I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like you, a you, wouldn't, line. you wouldn't want to do that unless they're running. Yeah, but I feel like it's less chances you're gonna miss if you get a good. That's no, actually more chances you're gonna miss. But if there's more chances you're gonna hit your target. Not if they're not moving. If there's one thing we know more about 
than money than having a lot of money. It's guns and gunplay. Five million dollars of machine guns. Five hundred five million dollars of machine guns is what's going on in my tombstone. <laughs> five million dollars in machine guns, Matt Lynch, yeah. R.I.P. Oh, before we the get, salt of the earth. Before we get to the action scene, we do we do have the like this confrontation where they're in the warehouse. He finally right. does find the drugs underneath the wax with the with the coffee grounds, and then and Rosewood's in the car. And he's in there with Jenny, and then the bad guys like show yeah, right. up. And, and Eddie busted. Murphy told Rosewood he can't leave the car because if he goes in, then it could bust the whole thing because it would be going in without a warrant. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so Rose was right. just like, oh, but it looks like shit's going down. I can't do. It. You I see him like stuff. struggling like yeah. multiple times. It cuts to him, and he's like, I want it. You can tell he wants to get out of the car and help, but he doesn't. And then eventually, he sees Jenny being kidnapped, and he's like, Well, fuck, I gotta go in. You know, something went there. wrong. Uh, but yeah, and then he he saves Axel's life, literally saves his life, and that's when Axel punches three guys into boxes. But um, <laughs> b- before we get that moment, we one of my favorite lines in the whole movie, my favorite Jonathan Banks moment in this, because uh, Eddie Murphy had called him Cuz earlier on before he gets punched into a dessert table uh, right. at tight. the uh, at the country club, and so like he he's got Axel like all tied up, or he's got people holding him, and he's got to punch him in the stu- stomach yeah. or whatever. But he walks up to him and he goes. Well, cuz. <laughs> I just love it. It's perfect Jonathan Banks delivery. It's a hell of a thing. And he's like, are you still um, Are you still mad about me punching you that time? He's like, oh, no, no, you know. <laughs> it's so crazy. He's got chemistry with this bad guy, too. I don't know. It works. It's that's a great, what, great no, That's movie. what makes it work, though. Yep. Uh, and then Jonathan Banks uh, is there at the in the final gunfight when there's we, we finally get the action again and Jonathan Banks has the one of the best death scenes you'll ever see where Eddie Murphy shoots him into this door and then he's got like a piece of the door so I don't even yeah, know yeah. what happens. Oh yeah, you posted that. You can look at on Twitter, I think. You <laughs> yeah. posted that. It's on my it's on my Twitter, on but Travis's Twitter. Uh, but it's really cool. Really cool. He just struggles with this door for like an a long, yeah, long it's, yep. amount of time. It's badass. It's kind of, it's weirdly brutal. It's cool. Um, and then the, there's a there's a final scene where you have just just classic movie stuff where where Stephen Burkoff is like has the woman with a gun to her head, <laughs> and he's like ah he goes careful with that gun you might shoot me <laughs> <He's> <laughs> yeah so careful evil. you might hit me you might hit me and uh, love it and this and this is where we get the final bonding moment between Axel and Ronnie Cox Bogomil Bogomil pops up is like hey and then she elbows the guy. And then they just blow them away. Fantastic squib work. They got the squibs mm-hmm. on the front and the back, so you see the spray hitting the wall behind him. Right, incredible. And Good then, stuff. Uh, and then the chief, chief of police shows up again. I love. The, do you know the actor's name who plays the chief of police? I forget. But he's let's perfect. Find out. He's like he's just like an absolute perfect like kind of. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> I go to that country club where he he speaks of this country club that Axel fucked up with just uh, the utmost reverence. He's I like mean, it was a beautiful country club. <laughs> he punched a man at the country club, the sacred meeting place for the. Oh, there was people. also the way that Axel got into that country club was also like a little questionable. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that does need to be addressed. Yeah, uh, he jokes oh, that he. Yeah, uh-huh. he basically jokes that he is like a, a man who like hooked up with uh, him before and like got his STD like, test back. Herpes simplex ten, and he like do, he does like a voice, and it's like it's the gay It's the Eddie Murphy gay voice. Wouldn't fly today for sure. Lot, Eddie Murphy said a lot of wonderful things about about. Uh, Gay people in the eighties. Eddie Murphy has a bad record on this. Yes, sort of he does. Thing. A ba- he did 
in in a I feel like a very sincere way like a few years ago apologize about that. Yeah, stuff. he's like I wouldn't do those jokes anymore. And not not a, I don't think he was prompted to or anything. It was Go just he was him. he was t- and it was very Go sincere. He's like I was just young and stupid and I, was, I, I cringe when I think about this stuff and I was like yeah, I believe he, it. Then That's you go back and you look at Raw and Delirious where he does those jokes and it's not like the crowd wasn't eating it up. Oh no no this yeah I I do think. The public that's needs not some a, of the blame for this. We yeah, thought this was that, the funniest shit in the world. That's not yeah. a defense. It's just people were bad. <laughs> people, yeah, that's right. But it's people it's not a bad. defense. But you need. To, I think you need to hold all of all of society yeah. accountable for it. Exactly. Because people just thought this was the funniest fucking thing in the world. He does it in the first movie in the in Delirious. Yeah. And then the, he's got to do it in the second because the people love this stuff so uh-huh. much and they go nuts when he does the voice. Yeah. So it's. It's shitty all around. I mean, Dice did one too. You know what I mean? Not that not that he's better or worse. It's the same no, no, shit. No. Like people it's just ate that shit up. People just thought this shit was funny. Yeah. And and it could be worse. Yeah. Like I do th- I do think that the game that he's running is once again like pretty good. Like yeah, you, I feel like this. You could, could also work. make the argument that it's not a, that it's not Axel that it has any kind of problem. It's everybody else. He's not. He's doing the voice, but he, I don't know. I, that I he's doing like it, it because be, he knows other people will be uncomfortable. It will uncomfortable. make somebody else uncomfortable, yeah. yeah. And, the, and the way that he does it, he, he describes Victor Maitland when he's doing the voice, and he goes, you know, Victor Maitland, gray-haired gentleman, very dark-skinned, Capricorn. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of funny. It's it, it, it has not aged well, but I've it's seen a, worse. It's, it's very hard for me to, all, to even even given the shtick here, it's very, it's never... It's it's very easy for me to forgive when you're t- when you're confronting a snooty mater d <laughs> in a restaurant. <laughs> Maybe there's a lot you should that's go easy tell to him. forgive when you confront a snooty mater d. You know, like in 1984, <laughs> it's like you're Abe Froman, the sausage, the sausage king, king of Chicago. <laughs> Uh, but it is a funny line that ends the whole thing, too, where he goes, like, maybe you should go tell him, sir. And he yeah. goes, yes, I think that would be best. <laughs> Very I think good. it's a good line. I'm he not does, gonna, he gets, I'm not going to do the fucking voice. That's that's his act in a bunch of scenes in all of the movies where he's, like, trying to get in somewhere, and he, like, basically convinces the person that is the barrier between him and getting in that, like, they don't want to deal with the shit he has to Absolute, deal with. Yes. And he sometimes in this movie he does it in bullying sorts of ways, and sometimes he does it in just sort of clever, yeah. like chess move sorts of ways. And, and in Beverly Hills Cop 2, it's exclusively, it's exclusively yelling, at people. yelling at people, or like developing some completely ridiculous situation that no one would believe. They're either just him yelling at people, or or, or you're like nobody, what? <laughs> nobody like you, you buy you buy most of the ones in this. You're <laughs> yeah. like I could see that working, and, and the, like the one in Beverly Hills Cop 2 where it's, he's pretending he's got this bomb. Uh huh. Yeah. Like come on, ridiculous. <laughs> come on, lady. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that happening. Very funny. But anyways, uh, the gunfight. Everybody's dead. Taggart, everybody's Taggart, friends Taggart, now. Taggart learns how to. Everybody's friends now. Taggart learns how to lie. Yeah. And he's like, that's exactly like Ronnie Cox makes up this whole. It's great. Ronnie that's Cox a, makes like, up this whole story. You expect me to believe this? That's the report I'm filing, sir. Taggart, what really happened? Yeah. And everybody's like going, oh shit, Taggart, oh no. Yeah. And he's and there's a great little pause, and he goes, it's, it happened exactly the way he said it. That's what happened. Yep. And everybody smiles. There's even a really funny scene where Eddie Murphy and Jenny are sitting there, and then the chief of police looks back at them, and they're like smiling, and then they go, "Yeah, like they're kids that got caught or something like that." It's great. <laughs> you were lying your ass off. <laughs> <laughs> and this is and this is the part where I swear to God, this sounds ridiculous, but it's true. I was watching this movie this time and just <laughs> tearing up a little bit when he's giving them the robes at the end. Those are ninety five dollars like, a piece. So put them on my tab. Billy, you saved my life. There's, there's nothing I can do to repay you, but hopefully this ninety five dollar robe from the <laughs> from the hotel <laughs> from the, the hotel will. Just, and then his last his last words are with Taggart because I think they may maybe even yeah. have a, a closer bond, and uh, and he gives him the robe and 
And he's and he he actually says, "Jeez, Taggart, I think you look a little misty-eyed over there." And he is. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they love him so much. Everybody loves each other. He tells them he loves them. I like uh, Eddie Murphy. I like Judge Reinhold tells people he loves them all the time. I like Judge Reinhold going like, "Don't you want one of these robes for yourself?" Oh, I stole three of them already. They're my <laughs> bag. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's not enough, oh, it's on a freeze what a, frame. What a picture! He's in. He gets back into his car, and they're like, "Aren't you even going to say goodbye?" He's like, "Well, I was thinking about driving out to, you know, and you're going to have to follow me to the." county line or whatever right and they're like yeah well maybe there's a place that we can go to and you're like they're gonna hang out some more love, it, love it and then he goes like uh just follow me along trust me yeah and then he makes a funny face well that funny <laughs> face that funny face freeze frame made me uncomfortable i have Did to say it really yes <laughs> why uh i i can't say you can't accept? okay <laughs> shit this is fascinating it's gonna make me sound like an asshole so i'm not gonna say well it. tell us off mic yeah if we remember damn i'm well, it makes me feel f- funny, and it makes me feel happy, as happy as I've ever been. Yeah. It's some, it, it has to do with his facial expression. It's reminded me of something from cinema's past. Wow. Yeah. Shit. I'm very curious. Yeah. That's the, uh, the million-dollar um, Patreon I was going to say, if right you want to know, yeah. join our Patreon. <laughs> Five million dollars. <laughs> Five million dollars. Five million dollars. You'll Matt find out you. all Matt's secrets. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably something, something that would not occur to anyone else and is very silly. But Okay. Yeah. Well, damn. I'm very, very, very curious. Uh, Billy, I love you. I just fell in love with you. <laughs> he tells people he loves them all the time. I he love does. Axel Foley so much. He's a wonderful man. <laughs> He's doing all this for his friend. Let's not forget too. It's like it's just great. Um, <laughs> is this the freeze frame? That's part two. Oh, this is the thing that um, the Gil Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, says the the chief says to this this line always makes me laugh where he's like the, these these are execution style this was an execution style killing Al- Axel and he's like how do you know that and he's like I didn't just walk into this town from the cotton fields jeez <laughs> that's great you didn't wow uh, I ain't on duty so my dick can be hard good love that that's that, that's definitely improvised the, the whole stuff about dicks being that's just Eddie <laughs> Murphy at that time for sure. Um, I liked when the, when uh, Judge Reinhold and Taggart, I don't know his real name by heart. John Ashton. John Ashton. I always want to say Sean Ashton when you guys say that. It's you different. Um, when they're uh, doing a stakeout and Judge Reinhold's like, did you know by the time the average American man is 50, <laughs> yeah, he has five meat, yeah. pounds of undigested red meat in his bowels? <laughs> and Taggart's like, why are you like, why are you even telling me this? And he's like, you eat a lot of red meat. <laughs> he's like concerned. He's like actually concerned for him. The, uh, he's very yeah about the coffee too. <laughs> there's there's a thing in the second one where they're sitting in the car and there's a subplot in that movie where where Taggart's wife has temporarily left uh, him. Yeah, and he's oh like, and, and it just Billy just goes, maybe you just have to admire her for the courage to leave you. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a little sweetie. It's so I love him. Out. And then Taggart pulls the true lies and he's like, will you stop fucking trying to cheer me up, Billy? <laughs> good stuff. Man. Man, uh, I got. All, I did all. I said all the lines that I had. Uh, anybody else got any? Uh, let's see if I've got any good ones here. Everything. There's, there's Everything too. There's too many to to write down. I was just like, I'm sure Travis will look at the highlights. I wrote down the I ain't on duty, so my dick can be hard, and then that. <laughs> I mean, I like the not gonna fall for the banana tail like, but I also like he, <laughs> the, he. He's like, you know, you've been hanging out with this other dude too long, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's like, you'd be more natural. It needs to flow from us. It's pretty funny. I'm sorry. I kind of. I'm I, sorry. I, that's I, funny to me. That's funny to me. I I, I sincerely apologize. Yeah. 
<laughs> what, a, what a great guy. I love, I always have loved Axel Foley, and I continue to love Axel Foley in this movie. Uh, ratings. Uh, I'm going to give this four Juds. Mm. I mean, it's a fun movie. It's, you know, it's well directed. It's funny. I still think that it's the Eddie Murphy show, like, 100%. I just think that it's it wouldn't work with anybody else. It couldn't have worked at any other time. It's so specific to when and who made it, and it's, like, as you say, one of the most, if not the most charismatic movie performance of all time. Like, mm-hmm. he's just, you can see why he is, he became such an incredible superstar. And that's after stuff that I like more than this, like Trading Places. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just... 48 yeah. Hours... Yeah, and like Forty Eight Hours, I have I have other issues with. Like, I don't think that movie is sort of as great as its reputation would have you here either. But uh, but he's just he's so electric in all of these movies. Yeah, Forty Eight Hours like became people talked about Forty Eight Hours like it was an Eddie Murphy movie, and and, th- and that was like his first movie. It's a good movie, and he's and he's great in it. But they, it was before they made movies Eddie Murphy movies. I never. So right. There's a whole bunch of other hours. stuff that isn't Eddie Murphy in it. Yeah, like I mean, I love Trading Places. I think that's like my second or third favorite comedy of all time. Damn. Um, I love Coming to America, which I didn't love as much when I was a kid, but I recently rewatched before the, really the sequel good. came out, and it's really fucking good and like super smart about like race and class and privilege, and mm-hmm. it's like got stuff to say it's super good it also has this incredible i mean i don't want to digress too much but there's a really great part where he's like you know in america trying to be undercover as a regular guy and somebody who's from zamunda sees him and is like my prince oh my god this is the greatest day of my life <laughs> and, and he's like well it was very nice meeting you too <laughs> it's so good. anyway um yeah and i'm gonna give it uh I'm not going to give it any Douglases. Well, yeah, I'll what? give it one for the strip it's club a strip scene. Strip club for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, strip club scene. That's true, and and the hard dick talk. And then I'm going <laughs> to give it. Uh, I'm going to give it ten out of ten bananas on the tailpipe. Nice. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. God damn it. Sorry. Oh. Uh, ten Juds. Fifty Juds. The, this is the, this <laughs> Fifty Juds. This, this might be. This might be my favorite. It's certainly top ten. Good. Favorite You're favorite allowed to give it as time. many goddamn Juds as you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's my, like the max maximum <laughs> amount. I. I don't think it's possible for me to love a movie more than this. This is a, a movie that I watch and I just like have tears in my eyes the whole time, I love just because I love you. it so much. I love yeah, that. I love it for me too. I can, I can watch this movie anytime, any fucking. I watch it. I'll watch it again tonight, probably, <laughs> and enjoy it exact exactly <laughs> oh, as much. Good. It, it's got everything. It's got a car chase scene, and this is before you even add the most charismatic performance of all time. It's yeah, got, it's got a strip club. That it's goddamn got a car score. Chase. The score it's got is the, so we fun. Didn't even discuss the score. Yeah, oh it's God. unbeatable, dude. The score is unbeatable. <laughs> Every part of oh, that. Oh yeah, score. the Harold Faltermeyer. It's so good. I mean, it's so iconic. Harold Faltermeyer. Like this guy was a when they, god. When in the they 80s. try to do the like Elmer Bernstein like orchestral version of it in part three, it's, it's like sacrilege. this fucking sucks. Oh, god. Devas- devastating, horrifying. Um, yeah, I love everything about this movie, um, and uh, I, I, it's interesting. Eddie Murphy's whole career arc is ba- like, at least during this time, is completely chronicled in these movies too, <laughs> from his like a completely undeniable <laughs> hotshot energy when he when he first uh, blew up, and this is a peak of his powers, I think, uh, to him like coasting off of it. <laughs> In oh, the second yeah. movie, and then him being phoning it <laughs> completely, <in> completely. <laughs> completely sick of like, just being a movie star or something. By the third one, I don't know what know what the fuck happened there. Mm. Uh, but the, but this is just the, this is the pinnacle. It doesn't get any better. Uh, I'll give it two 
uh, Douglas's because the because of just the how bl- obligatory it is. They they go to a strip club. They could have had this scene take place at a bar, a restaurant, anywhere that could possibly be robbed. It has to be a strip club because they wanted to get boobs in there because that's how they made uh, movies, yeah. R-rated comedies in the eighties. Uh, and there's always something pretty shameless about that. And uh, and the hard TikTok, I guess. And uh, let's see. I'm gonna give it. Read my lips. (laughs) $5,000. All right. I'm going to give it four and a half Judds because I really love it. Um, It's great. It's so funny. It's just like solid comedy. I was telling Travis in the car, like when people ask for like comedy recommendations, especially like younger people maybe who haven't seen this, this is like such a solid recommendation. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I can't think of any movies when people ask me for recommendations, <laughs> so I'm just going to like keep it's the curse Beverly of the Scarecrow employee. Hills Cop up there. Um, I'm only going to give it half a Douglas for strip club because I wasn't really sle- sleazy and it was, you know, just naked women dancing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is a little leery, but it was it didn't feel malicious or gross to me in any way. And, you know, we all have yeah. our different scales for the Douglases. Um, and I'm going to give it five pounds of undigested red meat in a man's <laughs> bowels. <laughs> so, Outs- yeah. Outstanding. <laughs> well, speaking of outstanding, in a way, oh, boy. in a sort of way. I think it's fine. I, I think it's good. Now it's Matt's turn to I shine. I cannot tell you how much I love this terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible movie. This, I am unapologetic about how great I think this piece of shit is. It's Beverly Hills Cop 2. Beverly Hills Cop 2. Tony Scott's follow-up to Top Gun. 1987. All of you eat the floor! Now! Yeah. Axel Foley is back. Who is he? I'd say he's a cop. <laughs> this is a Detroit badge. What the hell are you doing in Beverly Hills? I'm going deep, 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 deep undercover. Back where he doesn't belong. Excuse me, we're the owners of this house. They're in Hawaii for a week while the construction's happening. I'm Axel Foley, Beverly Hills Billy Inspector. You've stolen this house. How do you steal a house? It's my uncle's house. <laughs> Reunited with all his old buddies. What the hell's going on here? Who the hell are you? I'm Johnny Wishbone, psychic extraordinaire. If you need me, just think Johnny Wishbone and I come running. Lots and biddles. It's like kibbles and bits, but different. Oh, this is a big mistake, a big mistake. Would you lighten up and take some risks? This is definitely breaking the law. So how long would it take to shave those legs anyway? Wow. And this is about as lazy rehashed star vehicle vanity project as it could possibly get. It looks really good, though. But it looks insanely good. It looks too good for what it is. Especially compared to, like, the relative simplicity of the photography and the direction, the economy of Beverly Hills Cop 1. Which still didn't look bad at all. No, it looks great. Not complaining. Three looks bad. Three looks bad. We'll we'll get to that later. We'll get there. We'll get to that. But two looks great. It looks incredible. It's Tony Scott. Yeah. It's gorgeous Tony Scott We don't get any Tony Scott rain, but we're also in Beverly Hills. Right. Get a lot of smoke. Yeah. Oh, man. We got a lot of, like, sunshine lens glare, which I love. Mm -hmm. And, as I've said many times before, and we'll say again, this is essentially... Patient Zero Michael Bay. This is the first Michael Bay movie. This is the movie where he learned everything. Uh-huh. 
It's got, uh, I mean, aside from the obvious stuff, because obviously aside Michael from Bay, that it, Michael it looks Bay like lifted, a fucking amazing commercial. Yeah, Michael Bay mm-hmm. lifted a lot of uh, visual stuff from Tony Scott. From this. It has the the attitude. The attitude, the terrible, out-of-place humor, the digressive plot stuff. It's just, and it's just, it's bad vibes. It's so much bad vibes. It's, it's a mean, <laughs> it's a mean movie. Bad vibes. Yes. Where, where the first one has like the sweetness and heart to it eventually, this one doesn't have any of that. No, 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 no. This is an like uh, not a visually, but of like like a tonally ugly film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could not enjoy it more. <laughs> I have similar feelings, but not as as much. I don't think there's no I, heart I, in it. I wouldn't say zero, but there ain't a lot. And what's there is like kind of poisoned. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I can think of more heartless movies, I suppose. Sure. But I, I think it stands out more in comparison to the first one. Right. And again, like what, look what they did to my beautiful boy, sort of thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, you why, know, why is this the, the first movie is so lovable, and why is this so pushy and obnoxious and right. jerky? They're like, oh, what works in the first one is is Eddie Murphy's like his little rascal scams, you know? And yeah. then they're like, well, let's fucking jam as many goddamn scams in this as possible and make everyone seem like they're just like railing fucking lines off camera every second, you know? Yeah. Also, I mean, like the difference between the first one and the second one is a few years, and in that time. Simpson Bruckheimer became a different brand. That's right. Tony Scott was a whole new thing. Um, Murphy was now one of the biggest stars in the world, if not the biggest. This is the year of Murphy. This is the same year that Raw came out, too. Yes. And what you have here is more like Murphy is the most awesome guy in the world. It's not like we love Axel Foley. It's Eddie Murphy is is like the baddest ass, the, mm. the coolest motherfucker. That's right. He's not playing Axel Foley in this. He's just Eddie Murphy. He's just Eddie Murphy. And you can tell a few things about this. First of all, uh, there's the opening scene where Ronnie Cox's character is like running in the oil fields, and we sort of don't know what that's about yet. Mm-hmm. And then there's the um, the first alphabet crime, where they rob the Adriano's jewelry store, Ugh. which is a really good like Tony Scott this action is all scene. based on like a French movie, Glamorous right? Brigitte Nielsen. Like, yeah, yeah. She oh, looks God, yeah. so amazing all of her fucking looks in this yeah. are incredible she's so cool she's so cool bitch. it's a really yes he says that's a big bitch more than once mm-hmm. um, which is one again the perfect example of why, I'm, why I love about this movie that's a big bitch I mean it's true she is she's very tall she's extremely she's, like six, she's three, an Amazon 16, woman like that. But anyway so there's that but then the, the opening credits sequence is first of all it says an Eddie Murphy production and over that because Eddie Murphy had like a serious hand in producing this so he's got some creative control here you can tell a lot and over that credit of an Eddie Murphy production he's putting his pants on over his speedos yeah it's just like look at my dick yep I mean the whole movie is like look at my dick and he's he's undercover as you know a a guy who's like selling uh, illicit credit cards but (laughs) the opening credits with the Bob Seger song He's driving a Ferrari through Detroit. The Oscar-nominated Bob Seger yes, song, which is a really fun song. It's a great song. <laughs> but he's driving. He's driving this like Italian luxury sports car through Detroit Motor City, and it's just a gigantic fuck you. Yeah, this isn't the Axel from Number One. He's wearing a fucking suit in this, driving that sports car. Right, and this is part of his act because yeah. he's supposed to be undercover, selling you know credit cards right. and stuff. But it's like. Oh, immediately, I, it's I get that. Yes, not the same vibe. I get that they have an excuse for him to have these cars, the, the car and the dresses, the yeah. dresses, the, the outfit, beautiful dresses that he wears, gowns that he's wearing. Um, that there's an excuse for it, but really, it's because he. 
that this movie just, he's he, completely he, he lost. Has, the, he has to look awesome. He has all to the look time. awesome. This completely the movie does not give a shit about the character of Axel Foley. Right. He drives a shitty car. Right. The blue Chevy Nova gets turned in for a cherry red Malibu convertible in this. Yeah. And and, and like this is this is very Michael Bay type stuff too, and and also about how this character just has to be the most awesome all the time. I mean, he this character already is the most awesome, but in a right. much more in a totally different way, of, yeah. in a totally different way in the first one. But in this one, it's like characters constantly talking about how awesome he is. And in the first one, Paul Reiser is just like his annoying coworker. Right. And in this one, he's like, "Hey, Axel, you're the coolest guy in the world. Can I can I, I help just you out like with this? He's I like, no, I fucking buddy. hate you, Jeffrey. <laughs> and he's bullying him a little. It's just the dynamic has shifted. Yeah. And uh, I also wanted to point out that you, you said, like, when, when you see his yeah. pulling on, that happens in Delirious, too. You see, yep. <laughs> you see him wearing a Speedo before he goes out on stage in Delirious. Yep. So he likes to show you him in, in a Speedo in the projects that he has control you know, his, over. His, trem- his, his tremendous ego is of legendary status. Like, yes. It's not a surprise to me that Eddie Murphy was became this guy. And he's talked about it since. He was like, man, I was out of control. Yeah. You know, but that's that's the movie you're seeing. You're seeing a total ego vanity project. It's it's, so it's a awesome. shame because so awesome, one though. of the things that Eddie Murphy uh, had, I mean, uh, we're talking about one of the like for a five year period of time, something like that. One of the most talented people who ever lived. Yeah. One of the most charismatic personalities of all time, and it was so so powerful that it destroyed him. I mean, yeah. he became the most famous person in the world, and yeah. people couldn't get enough of it, and he couldn't. And then it, the dynamic just completely got fucked. But part of that. That, that dynamic that he had, that what people liked so much, was he was also likable. Right. In addition you to being funny, he was Axel's very likable in this movie. Yeah, and Axel's not likable in this. He's lovable. He's lovable as hell in Trading Places and in Beverly Hills Cop One. And like if you see him on SNL, he's got this extremely endearing quality about him. Yeah. And that completely left him. And I, I don't know if I can blame him. I don't know how I would react to being sure. the most famous person yeah. in the world. It would, like suck. it would probably suck. It would probably suck completely. Like it's probably Michael, Michael it's probably almost as bad Murphy. as only having five million dollars. Yeah. Oh, oh god, man. that fucking sucks, though. I yeah. hate only having. Did $5 we decide million. we don't like only having five million dollars? <laughs> we shifted on that. I think. I think I started well, out being we, like I'm fine with heads. five million dollars, <laughs> but now it sucks. Having so. that five million dollars really fucked us up. Yeah, it really did. I don't know. If now I need. Now I need forty million dollars just to just to feel like anything. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm just going to I'm going to put it in savings like all the rest. I'm going to show it to people. I want to look. Yeah, I want to look at it. Yeah. People to know about it. This movie is very surface level about all of who Axel Foley is it and sure everything, is. and that's and that you know that does not a terrible movie make. No, I had a lot. I lo- like. I had a lot of fun with this, and I liked it. And it was like, it's just so in your face with the surface level stuff mm-hmm. that it's like a little. You don't really get a chance to breathe a lot in this movie. I hate. But I would okay. say I, I hate and love this movie as I hate and love myself. Oh, oh my wow. god! <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right, Travis. <laughs> That's a line from Lord of the Rings. Um, oh. But I, but I do, uh, oh. but I do hate and love this movie. I mean, and I, and a lot of the love is obviously um, just remains nostalgia because this was everybody's favorite Beverly Hills Cop movie. When oh I was yeah, a kid. I thought this one was way better. When we I was all a thought kid. this was the best movie, and then then when you when you reach like adulthood, adulthood basically when you, you watch them again and you go, oh wait a minute, hold on, hold on now. Just because this this movie is more, it's more Eddie Murphy. It's also talking. the first one I saw. I I. I I think I, this might have been the first one that I saw, and I think I just wanted to watch it first because yeah. when I was allowed to watch R-rated movies, like probably the first ones that I watched were the Beverly Hills. I was like, yeah. "All right, Beverly Hills Cop," and I, I probably thought, got Beverly Hills Cop too first. I thought all of his diabolical, stupid shtick in this movie was hilarious, and I was like, "Oh, nah. sure, yeah. it was the funniest thing in the world." But anyway, so what happens in this? First, there's a jewelry store robbery, and there's 
the left behind note. With an A. With an A on the envelope, and there's a mysterious code in it. The amount of attention being put into these robbery That's scenes silly. also alerts you to the kind of how different this movie is. Because yeah. this is Tony Scott now, and he Tony Scott was wanted to shoot these action scenes. Right. Again, like we said, there's only two action scenes at the beginning and the end of the There's a lot of action in this. This is a full full on action, is action movie. This is like post lethal weapon, mm-hmm. you know, kind of stuff. Uh, Tony Scott couldn't wait to shoot these robbery scenes. Like he's enjoying look, the hell out of them. They him. look amazing. They look great. Uh, uh, the uh, first shot, actually, before we see uh, Eddie Murphy's dick when he's pulling on his, we don't actually see his dick, but he's wearing speedos. <laughs> but before we see that, uh, did you notice that Eddie Eddie Murphy throws a piece of bread into his fish? Yes, tank? that's how he feeds his fish. He just drops an entire slice of bread. I into don't the fish think tank. that <laughs> will work. That will kill his fish. Life. Can do fish eat bread? At they all? They could, but that would still kill them. That's too much food, and it would be <laughs> if bad. If they for do, them. they yes. can't eat bread. You famous? They're not know. a duck. I think they. I, don't I think you're probably giving to them. I don't know. Uh, let us know. Can fish uh, eat let bread? Let us know online if fish yeah, tweet can eat us. bread. Is this a thing that anybody has ever done? Yeah. Why? Why does this happen? Why is it the first thing that we see of Eddie Murphy's character? Because we so know he's, he's still he doesn't he's play still by the rules. Silly. He doesn't he doesn't play by the rules? It's irreverent. <laughs> yeah, I wish there was more stuff like that where he's just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Uh, uh, then we see um, Eddie Murphy goes, and there's a rehash basically of the first the truck chase a little bit. In yeah, we got to remember he's from Detroit. Remember he's, he's from Detroit, and he's doing he's doing a phony credit card deal with Robert Pastorelli. Mm-hmm. Eldon from Murphy Brown, uh, and then they're gonna do the credit card the credit card sale, and the dude from the cigarette trucks is back, <laughs> and they recognize each other. Great. And then he tries to to say that he's the undercover cop. Yeah, which is kind of which funny. is dumb. I liked that. I thought it was cute. Um, and then we find out that Axel is getting ready to go on. He's going to go on a fishing trip with Bogomil and Taggart and Rosewood because they're, they're besties now. Uh, but Bogomil, tragically is ambushed by Brigitte Nielsen, who shoots him and leaves a letter B envelope at the crime scene. And this happens after he was suspended for letting Rosewood call the FBI yeah, to help solve, to help the, alphabet solve the alphabet crimes. Crimes, yes. because Rosewood was like, I'm going to go with my gut and a hunch on this, and, and we're, we're supposed to be like, oh yeah, well Axel kind of helped him like, yes. you know, go, doesn't matter if it's off the books or not. They have a mean police chief now Who makes him LA. do traffic duty now. Alan Garfield Ooh, from sucks. the classic, you know, like he's from uh, The Conversation. This guy's like a longtime character actor, very famous dude. Yeah. And... I just wanted to point out one of my favorite little things about this is the ni- very nice mayor is played by Bob Ridgely yep. from Boogie Nights. Colonel Mayor. Mm-hmm. The Colonel James. Yep. Colonel Mayor. The Colonel. Gets the best moment in Boogie Nights, <laughs> which <laughs> I'll you. never forget. Thank you, Eddie. No. <laughs> that part's great, but the best moment in Boogie Nights is when Burt Reynolds uh, is having a conversation with Philip Baker Hall and Robert Ridgely's sitting in the oh, back. Oh, that's right. right and he's up. like, he's like, I'm a simple man. I like butter in my ass and lollipops in my mouth. And, and you, you can see Robert Ridgely crack up in the back <laughs> of the shot, out of focus. You think maybe you ought to think about getting some new shit? What do you think? Yeah, what do you think? Uh, uh, he's great. He's uh, great. But like this, like uh, Garfield, you said? Alan Garfield. Alan Garfield. He's, he's the, this is how lazy this movie is, is. He's just there to force conflict. And then at a certain point, they decide they don't want to do that anymore. And the mayor just goes like, get out of here. Yeah. No more conflict. And it's just, that's it. Yeah, well, there's they needed to set it up. <laughs> they they need to set that up. Yeah, but he's like, like there's so much. Okay, most of this movie, the whole point of this movie is to just get record uh, Eddie Murphy's riffs. Yes, I don't think any of them are scripted, and some of them are pretty dire. Like some of them are pretty. Some dire. of them you're like, okay, because Eddie Murphy was very talented, and you let you let him go, and you'll get there. But also, that's not a great way to make a movie, especially yeah. not a movie like this. So sometimes he'll do the riffs, and then you'll be like, oh, I guess that's 
all they could get. And I guess yeah. that's, they shot and shot, and that was the best that they could do. But they do. They didn't have a script. They do another shticky gimmick too, where like, okay, so Bogomil's been shot. He's in the hospital. Al- Axel is going to come out to L.A. to solve the crime and and help his friends. Meanwhile, he is conscripted Jeffrey into driving the Ferrari around Detroit so that Inspector Todd thinks that Axel is still around <laughs> undercover. Because to- Inspector Todd is pissed because he's like, Axel, you're just spending all this money on your s- fancy suits and yeah. shit, and I am getting no arrests. Um, and then Axel says something. There's a good line. Axel says something, and he goes, don't think, Axel. It makes my dick itch. It makes, it makes my, my dick, dick itch. Yep. Like, That's great. <laughs> but he says it so angrily. Yep. He's serious about it. Uh this, so movie, Axel, this movie's like uh, on the Michael. I don't know why this is occurring to me, but there's a, there's the part in it where uh, Paul Reiser's driving around in the Ferrari uh-huh. and he's talking to Axel maybe over the phone, and he's got these just generic floozies in his car. That's the yeah, scene the I was talking about, with where it reminded me of True Romance. Yeah, because he's he's calling he's calling uh, Axel and he's calling Todd and like fooling him into going into this that, meeting that's and that stuff. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's just like they're just he's like just Hi, these babes. just these babes. <laughs> and he's well, because he was around. like, don't drive around alone. Like grab someone else to drive with you. Like yeah. Because he's like, it's going to look suspicious if you're just driving alone. So he just gets these and two blonde babes to like keeps, drive with him. And he keeps trying to hook up with this lady named Marcy, who we never see. Yeah. Where I did love, the babes I like that, all that stuff. I think that stuff's funny. He's funny. Where did the babes come from? Who are they? They're <laughs> coke They're babes. They're, they're, yeah. You get a car like that, then there's just babes just appear babes. in it. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know that if you had more than $5 million. <laughs> God damn it. Sadly, only we don't. $5 million. <laughs> killing me. Join and there's a Patreon. scene earlier on where there's another floozy that's like when, when Axel's doing doing his like deal, who looks exactly the same as these babes, uh-huh. and he refers to her as titty woman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> not much of... <laughs> this movie is, doesn't have the soul of the first one. It has a dim <laughs> view of women. Way. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Different uh, kind of movie. For, so, for being the exact same kind of movie, it's a wildly different kind wildly of movie. Different. So Axel comes to L.A., and... It, <laughs> Man, the shtick just—it's out in force. Oh, oh! Can I just point out before we get to oh, that? Yeah, there's yeah. the scene where they're ta- before Bogomil gets blown away, where he calls Axel up, yes. and they're going to, you're going to prepare for no for, reason. They're calling each other. I think he's like, gonna like, are you gonna come out and come fishing with us? Right? Yeah, Some yeah. Bullshit. But it's to establish that they're friends or whatever. And I think he says like, and I'm also got a thing that I'm on. Some and he, as he looks stuff. at the newspaper clipping for the 385 North Strip Club that'll come up later. But when he calls Axel, and I'm, I, he's Axel is in his office. Picks up the phone. Yeah, and he does this whole goes, routine. Hello, this is George Kingfish Stevens answer machine and blah blah. He does a whole stick, and you're like, this you're is a how cop. You answer the phone. You're a police officer. <laughs> Don't do a bit when you answer the phone. Someone's <laughs> gonna call you about a murder or something. I like how he does that. Fuck. He does that whole shtick, and it's like 30 seconds. It you goes know? on. Yes, it goes on for a while, mm. and then it's Bogomil, and He's like, Hey, Axel, it's it's Andy. And he's like, How you doing? Hey! <laughs> it's just like, man, man, can you just not do that when I call? Chill the fuck out, dude. Seriously. Because <laughs> he's funny. He's funny. So the shtick immediately starts weird. when he gets to L.A. I forget what happens first. Does he go to the police station first before he goes to the mansion? Uh, no, yeah, he, he goes yes. first. He goes, he, the, the mansion ga- gimmick is a little later. later. So because he, goes, he yeah. needs it, yeah. He goes, to the, he goes to the mansion, or no, he goes to the police station, and he starts talking to Billy and Taggart about the alphabet crimes, mm. and then Chief Lutz shows up, and they're like, shit, hide the stuff, you know, he's going to be mad at us. Yeah, because Rosewood and Taggart are like, it's a different department Yeah, now. they're supposed so, to be on traffic duty. Like, things, things are, like, at. really weird things here now. Yeah. They're po- politics. It's all politics, yeah. Mm. And and Alan Garfield starts yelling at them, and then immediately Eddie goes into the, some of the, the most horrendous garbage in the in the movie, where he's like, I am a psychic, I'm Johnny Wishbone Dude, Johnny from Wishbone. the Island And he starts it's saying so that he's weird. psychic and all this stuff, and, like, nobody would fucking buy this. Like, nobody would buy this. 
Also, what kind of way to ha- act is this? I don't know. <laughs> like, that's just so bizarre. Dude, he's completely unhinged in this. This doesn't make any sense. Wait, when <laughs> he does it in the other movie, it's like to get something, to achieve something. Now, here he's just trying to get out this of the guy, room. This is, just, uh, this is a guy who's their his friend's boss, yeah. and he shows up. And this, what kind of human interaction is this? Like he doesn't it's even. Like, he doesn't. Hey, even, who's this guy? I am, and then he just pretends to be, a, does a voice, and then walks away. Yeah, like, like I that's feel like fucking. I feel weird. like the actual the first movie would at least establish for himself that this guy's a tool. You know, like figure something out. Like side is trying to go. Like, look, I'm Axel Foley. I'm helping out with this investigation, yeah. etc. <laughs> no, it's immediately Johnny Wishbone from the Alice St. Croix. I do <laughs> like the line crazy. where <laughs> he lost like, his damn mind. This is like really. This is a crazy person behavior. <laughs> I really love the line where he's like, "Your name is your chief." Uh, Chief Lutz, Lutz, like somebody says Lutz. He's like, Lutz, I would have gotten in a second. And then he's like, and your name is... And the guy goes, Biddle. Biddle, yes, Lutz and Biddle, like kibbles and bits, but yeah, different. Love that. <laughs> and then he just so leaves. stupid, so stupid. He just leaves. Sometimes it's funny. I mean, it's kind of funny in general just because Eddie Murphy's funny. But yeah. It's, but you, and, and I obviously thought this was the funniest thing in the fucking world oh when I was a God, kid. Because yeah. just Eddie Murphy is funny, and he's so in this, so it must be funny. Oh, uh, but there's lots of this stuff where you watch it now, and you're just sort of like, wanna, what the I hell? I just want to hide sometimes. It's really bad. I mean, <laughs> he, he did raw. He did a whole stand-up movie this year. We can just watch that if we want to see him just yeah. do material. This is a movie. He's wait- And he's waiting outside, and then Billy and Taggart come out, and he's like, you guys got to help me. Come on. Andy's our friend. You know, what are we doing here, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to go meet me at my house in an hour. It's 1503 Hillcrest. So, yeah, he has been to the mansion by yeah, this point. The order doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about how he gets the house. This is so awful. Where he just goes, he's driving down the street, he sees a big mansion that they're doing construction at, <laughs> just rolls up, and like he's like, I want to speak to the foreman, and the foreman comes up, and he's like, I am the the, the construction he inspector. He basically does the warehouse bit from the first one yes. with these construction guys, making them think, speaking aloud and with authority, very uh, confidently making them think that they're doing something wrong and they need to leave immediately. Yes. But he's but he's so much stickier. Like, he's really acting like that guy in the first movie. He's like, he's right. not being goofy. It's funny because of the context, but he's, but in this one, he's doing, like, he's rolling his eyes and he's making, he's doing the, the, the comical, like, Eddie Murphy yelling belligerent voice. And he does, and a, who, he does and a whole bit where he's like, you guys, you, these aren't the new, these aren't the right blueprints. The new blueprints, there's not, there's not supposed to be any right angles on this house. Yeah. Well, that's just going to be a donut. Well, if people want to live in a donut, then let them live in a donut. Yeah. <laughs> and like again, like a lot of this movie, parts of it are funny, but uh, but and parts of it aren't, and some of it's complete nonsense. But in the end, you kind of go, you just go like, how did these? It's ridiculous that these people believe this. You don't you don't believe yeah. this no, for a totally second. It's totally not. It's totally not believable like, at all. They're, they're gonna. There's nobody so would buy so this. many workers. Presumably, they all do this for a living, and this is a guy just shows up and yells at him a bunch about a bunch of comical nonsense. Yeah, and then they leave their job for days. Yeah, you're uh, take, everybody crazy. take the week off. You got the week off now, and then he just like decides but, but to live in these people's house. But that, but what? Like, aside from that, what's annoying about it to me is that this is what because the, the movie thinks it's giving you what you what you want. Yeah, this is this what, is we, what came we want. For. What we came for. This is what we want to see, and it is, and it's like, yeah, I do, but I want to see it good. Like I don't just just want to see him. Show, saying a bunch of nonsense. He's not even like taking the starch out of these stuffed shirts. Yeah, you know no. I mean? He's just doing mean stuff. Well, these and, are just workers. Yeah, it's like. But he, he also he he they get a little bit of that in at the end where he goes like, uh, "You guys aren't the ones to blame. Everybody, you guys are actually doing a great job. Everybody, give yourselves right. a round of applause." And they do. Yeah, he's he's like charismatic and believably charismatic in the first one and this one he's magical and people yeah. ju- he just bends people this to is, his this will this is the more Bugs Bunny-ish one it, absolutely yeah where he's like just 
a, a troublemaker. Like he's he's causing he's tra- causing trouble just because he likes to. Yeah, and people don't fall for his schemes because they seem like they're good schemes. They just they do because, because he's magical. The script says so. The yeah. script says so exactly. Yeah. They're, they're they're just magically melting to his whim yeah. and stuff. Everybody and is walking out off the cliff and then looking down. Yeah, the c- only one, the only scam. That's in, that's any good in this one is and it's still not good, but it's the one where he's got the bomb. Oh, the the, the vitamins bomb you're pretending to be where, the bomb. Where yeah. he goes up to the woman and you go at least there, there's like a, a A to B sort of thing and he's not just going like I'm yelling at you and I'm yelling at you. <laughs> Here's the thing and then they go like Okay, sure. Well, you're Foley, so whatever. There is a really good bit right before that where he takes the vitamins into the Beverly Hills Gun Club and uh, he's got he's going to pretend that they're the explosive rounds and this waiter's walking by with the ma- the thing of champagne and he oh, sticks his funny. he sticks his hand into the bucket to get it wet and to make himself look like he's sweating he's like what year is this and and the guy's like it's a 73 and he's, he rubs it on his face he's like yes it is a 73 <laughs> that's I'm like that's that's, that's axel foley that's the guy i exactly. want to see that's funny these little tastes of yeah. the old axel this is good stuff but we'll get to that part Anyway, so yeah, he, he, there's all this shit, and then so then he goes to see like Bogomil's daughter, and she works for an insurance company, so she's gonna be able to help them investigate some stuff. He's like a friend of the family. How yeah. much time has he spent with the Bogomils? Who knows? In these in these, in three, these like, years. three years, yeah, exactly. Incredible. Uh, she's like, oh, Axel, and they like hug each other. He's like, oh, he's 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 probably like the third most intimate member of this family. Yeah, and we've also it's found out weird. that Taggart's wife has left him. Maureen's gone, <laughs> and uh, Taggart's arc is. Uh, a woman hating about yeah. About it's hating about women. how he doesn't really like women. We'll very discuss much. it. <laughs> it does. It's not even really an arc. It kind of it, it has a conclusion. Let's call it that. Yes, it when does. We get to the end. Indeed, oh, it does. Oh boy. And um, so they've they've and they've got some evidence now. And the two pieces of evidence are that Bogomil was looking into something called 385 West, which is or North, which is a strip club. <laughs> and they've got one of the shell casings from. The uh, either the Adrianos robbery or Bogomil's shooting, I forget which. And it's this really special, unusual shell casing, and they're like, <laughs> in in typical lazy ass movie fashion, Al- Axel is like, uh, hey, uh, we got to find the people who made this is very high end work. We find the person who made this round, we'll we'll have a good lead. And and he's like, Judge Reinhold is like, well, who does that? He's like, I don't know. This is, I'm from Detroit. You guys supposed to know this shit. And then John Ashton just goes, hey, wait a minute. What about that guy at the Hollywood Shooting Club, Russ Fielding? Okay, let's go see Russ Fielding. It's like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, the plot, uh, the uh, detective plot of this movie is so perfunctory. So it's perfunctory. It's like, actually funny to me. It's one of the funnier parts yeah. of the movie because it's um, – they're. There's so many weird aspects of the non-Eddie Murphy, Tony Scott as- parts of this, where there's the like the cop stuff, both in Detroit and in L.A., is weirdly complicated. Mm-hmm. And they and since they have so little time to devote to it, there will just be big long passages of dialogue where they talk about like cop more, procedure. Big Morris the Explainer and, scenes. And, and, yeah, yeah, and you go like, what? What is what? Why does it have to be this complicated? This takes hold in the later Lethals too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, they don't have the time to like to tell you, show you the plot organically, so they just have to tell it to you. But for some reason, it's very complicated. I don't yeah. know why it can't just be a simple thing. Well, they go to the Beverly Hills Shooting Club, and a side note here: Do you remember either of you remember a '90s sitcom on Fox called Action? No. Oh, no. uh, Jay Moore. Jay Moore started uh-huh. as a as a studio executive making an action movie loosely based on oh, Joel cool. Silver. Joel Silver produced the show. Uh, the movie that they're no. I mean, it was well, it was well liked at the time. That's right. If you it go well, back and watch well it now, it's like very bad. But uh, the movie that they're trying to make is called The Beverly Hills Gun Club. I always thought that was oh, fun. Oh, that's cute. Anyway, no. they go to the Beverly Hills Gun Club in this, and uh, Eddie Murphy, 
<laughs> he he charms his way in there with this story about how he's, he takes Billy's vitamins and he oh, pretends, yeah. he pretends they're a bomb. Plutonium nitrate multi-explosive sound-seeking projectiles. Yeah. And he goes, the slightest peep in your designer jeans ain't going to fit no more. Yeah. And he, 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 he has them in like a brown paper bag that he's just like, yeah. Pension, and he's like, Ugh. and he cons the secretary into giving him a hundred dollars or something out of her own money. <laughs> her own money. He, does, he does this, this twice. Poor woman. He does. He gets money from people twice when he's running yeah. his scheme. But does he, he, he donate some to he charity? Donate, he donates the Gilbert Gottfried money. It's something. Well, something uh, yeah, we'll, I'll, 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 we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. Yeah. But he so he cons his way in, and he he gets into the Beverly Hills uh, Shooting Club, and um, he goes to the shooting range where he sees uh, Brigitte Nielsen. That's a big bitch. Yeah, uh, and she's Carla Fry, the assistant manager, and he also meets Russ Fielding, who is—I forget the actor's name—but he's like Marvin the janitor from Die Hard Two. Oh yeah, <laughs> just like goddamn Iwo Jima. Yeah, exactly. How about you give me fifty bucks for it? <laughs> how about I, I, let, how you about I let you live? Uh, okay, <laughs> that sounds like a good deal. <laughs> Threaten to kill that guy. Threaten to kill that guy. <laughs> Uh, the 90s, man, the eight, late 80s, early 90s, a golden age of action movies. Absolutely. Um, the, the bad vibes there are just uh, translucent. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. Why are they so mean? Anyway, um, uh, so so they, he meets them, and he meets uh, Charles or De- Chip Kane, played by Dean Stockwell. Mm. And these are all very clearly bad guys. One of the most thankless Dean Stockwell roles yeah. you'll ever see. Honestly, I already he doesn't forgo- get to do shit. I already forgot it was Dean Stockwell. And he does a thing where Axel does a thing where he like first of all he flirts with with <laughs> Brigitte Nielsen, going like, "How long does it take to shave those legs?" And he's like, "What does she say to him?" I forget I what she, she just says. Ignores and he's him, like, "I'm just offering my grooming services." Woof. <laughs> 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 God, Jesus. And you see him like trying to get up on his tiptoes. Yeah, she's yes. so much taller than him. She's so much cute. taller than him. And, so then he real ta- and then bag. he takes a real gun instead of the like laser prop guns that they use to do their, their video screen target practice. And he's and like just, standing between the two of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he just shoots holes in their expensive equipment. And no one seems to do anything about this. He's the best at guns. He's the best at fighting. He's the best at just like doing bad things and getting away with it. Yeah. Um, and then we find out that um, because the, the real bad guy of the movie is also here at the Beverly Hills Gun Club. And he wants to know why Axel Foley has shown up with his gun cartridge that nobody is supposed to have. Yeah. And it's uh, Jürgen Prock now. Jürgen Ger- Prock when? German Pro- Ger- German Crotchrot. German Crotchrot. German Crotchrot? German Crotchrot is his name. Uh, and he's Max Dent, and he's the bad guy in this. Good name. And he has, he uh, has like a piece of the gun club he owns. He owns a racetrack, owns all this other stuff. It turns out to be important the later. The plot is complicated. <laughs> His and scheme he is has, complicated. He has basically conscripted Dean Stockwell to execute the alphabet crimes. We don't know why yet. We'll find out later. Sort of. We well, we. I mean, we do. It I, does just make sense. I just don't necessarily understand. It does anything. make sense, but it's it, it's like immaterial. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Brigitte Nielsen is his girlfriend, and he's mad, and he's like, "I want you to kill Axel Foley. Kill him, burn him, blow him away." Uh, and so immediately Dean Stockwell, who's smoking a cigar this whole time, goes out to the fucking valet parking area where there are two guys in a car right in front of the gun club, hands them a wad of money, and says, go kill that guy over there. And then the next scene is Axel, first of all, he pays Billy for the vitamins. He's like, here's the money she gave me. Go buy yourself some more vitamins. Uh, <laughs> yeah, $20 in, in 1986 or seven like money for vitamins. It's like a lot of money for I vitamins. I mean, vitamins are expensive, though. They are, That's they true. are. Uh, and then they decide they're going to go to the strip club. 
Yeah, because we got it. to. We got to go to his first club, the he, Beverly Hills Cop thing. At first, the, he, they got to get Taggart some new clothes. Oh yeah, because he goes. They, they go to the. They go to. They go to Axel's uh, ill-gotten mansion. Taggart falls in the pool. It, I like the scene where he's trying to get him in the pool. Yeah, come on, get come in the pool, guys. Pool. Also, I want. I wanted to point out. There's a, a Taggart's character undergoes a conversion at this exact scene because Taggart is uh, at the beginning of this movie just like his character in the first one, where he's yeah, like, he's like a "Come shooter. on, Axel, what are we doing here? No, Billy, you can't do that." And so he shows up here. He's like, Axel, did you steal a house? And he's like, how do you steal a house? Ah, come on, this is my house, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's like, be careful, though. It's slippery around here. He's like, Axel, God damn it, we're not. And then he slips and falls into the pool. Yeah. And at that exact moment, for some, something in this character switches off. And he actually even talks about it where he doesn't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. Like, Taggart completely turns off. And well, is his, just his da- wife and is, is just... in the process of leaving him. Yeah. He goes and puts on a brand new outfit upstairs that he found, and he kind of likes it. He kind of oh, likes the clothes how he are looks. hilarious. He kind of likes how he looks. He's, he's like, like pretty hey. sharp, huh? So yeah, it's like he, this new Taggart. He's like, okay, he's yeah, learning to let loose a bit. He's cutting loose. He's cutting. He's cutting loose, and he's also giving up. Yeah. Uh, we he, also find out some scene, weird shit about Billy later on too. <laughs> he gets weird, but there's a scene where him and Billy are like, hey, they're literally saying it out loud, where he's like, "Looks like Axel's back in our life, tear, getting tearing everything up and being crazy. Uh, here we go again." Yeah. And then he just, and then Taggart basically, in so many words, just goes like. Eh, fuck it. Who cares? I'm yeah. just gonna go. I think on he like, I'm does not gonna say do. He like literally that. says it out loud. Like, I, and he and indeed he does. And yeah. so he just he's just there. And I actually kind of like it because I love John I like Ashton it. so yeah. much. And so he's and he's just hanging in the background, going like, okay. He's like, now we're gonna go over here and do this thing. All right, whatever. Yeah. And he puts these clothes on at the after he falls in the pool and has made his. Con- conversion, and he's got the I guess like they're supposed to be embarrassing looking old man clothes or something. They're he like, looks fine. They're like dorky golfer clothes. It's kind like dorky of. golfer clothes, but I just like he looks fine. Yeah, it looks it fit him well. The Harry movie's like <laughs> <laughs> everything fits people well <laughs> in these movies. Goofus. At least clothes Look fit. Look at this goofus with his shirt and pants. Uh, uh, and then they go to the strip. Club. What an ultramaroon! <laughs> what an ultramaroon! And they go to the strip club and they pretend that he's. You got to go they to the say strip he's club. It's Beverly Hills Ford. They say he's Gerald and Ford. And everyone buys it, which is really. It is actually, in my opinion, a pretty funny line where he's like, he doesn't look like Gerald Ford. He's like, that's because you've never seen him with his makeup off. <laughs> <laughs> but again, nobody's going to buy that Taggart is Gerald Ford. And why is Gerald Ford going to an L.A. strip club? <laughs> By the way. I have a lot to say about so this strip chaotic. club. What I love about this it's strip so, club exactly. scene is A, yes, it's very chaotic. Also. It's 1987. This is like a classy joint where like rich people go. Yeah. It has a snooty doorman. It has a snooty doorman. It has a snooty all, doorman. Like all these couples in like really nice outfits are there, like having expensive cocktails <laughs> at this place. I'm like, what kind of strip club is this? It's so funny. There's like he's he's even got like a mustache and a maitre d outfit, and he's like, mm, are you on the reservation list, sir? And, and then there's like a <laughs> naked lady behind yeah. him, and the song "I Want Your Sex" by George Michael. That is true. That like, song what plays. The fu- we only <gasps> allow the high society types into this, and then it's so weird. <laughs> Fucking it's, nuts. It's like I'm the, sure places like that exist. The only other strip club like this that I've With ever seen dollars. in a movie is the strip joint they go to in Armageddon, which is like this oh, yeah. goth which cathedral, is the like fucking, $40 million dollar like, production. <laughs> it looks like the Kraken Games opening, <laughs> <laughs> but with strippers. Dude, that's true. Going to another Kraken game on Tuesday, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. They're good now. They're good now, and they, the but uh, miraculously, now that you have five million dollars, are affordable. <laughs> I actually have really good seats too. Uh, <laughs> oh, did, you, did you pay through the nose for them? No, a very nice person gave them to me. Oh, nice. Yeah. What'd you have to do? Thank for you. That? I you think the do? person might listen to this podcast too, so thank you. What'd you have to do? Oh, I'm not. I, I'm not at liberty not to say. Talk about that. Patreon, okay. five million dollars. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, this whole place is ridiculous. And then if that's when the hitmen show up and start to try to kill uh, Axel, and uh, there's a little bit of a car chase, etc. and so forth. And now Chief Lutz is like, what are you guys doing here? Well, actually, I'm undercover, Chief Lutz. I'm on this federal task force. What if there's a federal task force? I want to know about it. Well, if you call Inspector Todd tomorrow between the hours of 9 and 10, and he makes Jeffrey do this whole shtick, there's like a <laughs> whole thing here. Yeah. It's like a whole thing. Paul Reiser has to like hide behind his desk and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's not uh, very funny. No, 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 no. I, I think a lot of the stuff that I find the most funny about this movie is not intentional. Right. Uh, it's not the stuff that they thought was. was I mean, maybe, and at the time we all did think it was funny, but now, now I find it a very, just, a very amusing. Just how fucking weird. Just and, how fucking and weird sloppy and, and sloppy it is. It is. So. Yeah, exactly. It's a very lazy movie. Yeah. Um, when do we go to Billy's house? That's coming. That's coming up right now. Okay. They go to Billy's house because now he's got the matchbook. He got the matchbook off the guy who See, was this in is the car. So, even you talking about this plot, even though I watched this like two nights ago, I'm like, this is so convoluted and like insane. Emily, I have seen this movie like 150 okay, times. Okay, I'm glad because I could <laughs> not tell you plot wise. Like it's what over, actually it's overly complicated and when, underly when complicated. Dean Stockwell, so much stuff is just at your face in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. This is how I follow Michael Bay movies too. Uh, <laughs> it's just a skill, <laughs> you know. Special so ability when, to follow. When these Dean movies. Stockwell told the guys outside the con- the gun club to kill Axel Foley, the hitman also had a cigar, but he didn't. Need, he needed a light, so he asked for a match. Dean Stockwell gives him a matchbook and says, "Keep it." Now they've got the matchbook off the, the finger, dead hitman. For the fingerprint. For the fingerprint. They go to Billy's house, and here's they do the fingerprint gag, where they put the super glue in the turtle's uh, aquarium and put yes. the, the, the thing in there to make the blah, blah, blah. They, <laughs> get the, they pull a fingerprint off of it. I want to talk about how cool Billy's apartment is. Billy's apartment is he talks about all his plants. He, he has plays so music for he them. He has a shit ton of plants. He plays record. He's like so stoked to have company. He has a bunch of house plants. His awesome plants. He has a neon sign that says undercover, which is fucking <laughs> he has dorky. That. He has so posters dorky. for Rambo and Cobra. He loves slide. a yeah. whole bunch of guns. His turtle's name is Big, Big Al. Al. Big oh, Al. I just want to know where his dick is. <laughs> go on you on know on. where goes your on dick on is, don't, don't you, Big Al? Al. <laughs> he goes on and on. Turtles have turtle sticks. He shuts also, the door in the bathroom. The bathroom door has is covered, covered in guns. guns. Yeah, because Billy's, where we, Billy's pretty fucked up. Billy's kind of fu- we got to talk about this. Jesus, Billy. Billy. <laughs> yeah, this is a really funny line uh, where where like uh, John Ashton's sitting there and he's checked out and he's like, God damn, Billy's got a lot of problems, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, and Billy's then, fucked and, and up. The, the delivery where because Eddie Murphy's doing something else, but and so he's kind of absently says it, but it is very funny. Where he's like, yeah. yeah, Billy's pretty fucked up. And then Billy like hears him. And he's like, I'm right. And he's here. like, I'm sorry, Billy. I'm just playing. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, that's funny to me. Yeah, he was like, he I knew you were right feelings. there. <clears throat> I, I also uh, wanted to point out that when he grabs. Billy, Big Al, the turtle, and there, Billy's. It's very realistic. Billy's like, oh hey, yeah, yeah. He's like, don't grab my turtle. Well, I just want to know where his dick is. You know where your dick is, don't you? Big he really Al. just reaches in Great and grabs stuff. that turtle. And now, and then you you get another one of the flashes of nice heart and camaraderie here, where they're doing the super glue trick in the aquarium, this and feels very Eddie Murphy starts singing the oh, dating yeah. game theme song, a little Spanish flea. What's that from? The dating game. And then they're all doing it. They're all singing it. That's very sweet. I liked that a lot. I always liked that when I was a kid. Yeah, it was a good scene. It's one of the rare. Let's give Billy a big dating game kiss. One of the rare moments in the movie where they kind of try to do the heart thing. Yeah, doesn't really work. I feel it's a little forced, but I still, I'll take, I'll take it. Also, I wanted to point out that that, uh, the the TV show MacGyver came out was a huge hit two years before this. Yeah, and Axel Rose, Axel Rose, (laughs) Axel Rose is doing all kinds of. uh, He's doing MacGyver (laughs) stuff. MacGyver stuff. He does two MacGyver things, maybe three, Uh, but this one where he uses super glue, some old Detroit cop trick, apparently. 
where he puts the super glue and gets a fingerprint off of it, and then he also use, uses the gum wrapper. Yeah. To uh, and and that's because he used to to bust the maybe he used to pull, fracture, fracture occasional the law. occasional law. That's a little running gag that they have going. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting, a little interesting thing that maybe some producer was like, "That should do. She should do MacGyver things." Like, well, one like, of the, all right, put it in. One of the credited screenwriters in this, by the way, speaking of connections to other stuff, is a guy named Warren Scarin, who had a heavy hand in Lethal Two. Oh. Uh, the sort of uncredited, but it, this resembles a lot of that stuff. Uh, Lethal Two is like '89, mm-hmm. so like. You know, this came out the same. This came out eighty seven, right? So yeah. that's the same year as Lethal One. But you can see the influence of these cop movies coming through. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Uh, okay, so they get the fingerprint off the thing, and then they are able to figure out that it's Dean Stockwell, and then they're like gonna try to follow that lead. Mm-hmm. And they have to get just go uh, clue to clue to clue. Yeah, they have to get Bogomil's daughter to figure out what's going on. They also realize th- th- uh, at this point, I think this is where Eddie cracks one of the alphabet codes, and he's like, "Screw you, pig!" Sign Carlos, and he realizes that they're pinning the alphabet crimes on Dean Stockwell. Yeah, this code is too obvious. So yeah, this, they this wanted us to be, get that. He's so good. He's he's obviously, like, Axel Foley <clears throat> has all the tricks, and his, his, right. no other cop is doing jack shit. He and, just figures everything out. And they're finding out also about uh, uh, German Crotchrot's, like, finances, because <laughs> he's doing, he's like, he owns, like, a racetrack called Empyrean Fields, and mm. the next alphabet crime is E. Oh. And, uh, also, that he's like, in de- he's been dealing with this uh, arms dealer named Alex Thomopoulos, who's played by Paul Gilfoyle, who was like later of CSI fame, and he's been in a million movies. We've probably he's probably been in like thirty movies. We've already covered. sure. Um, and like he's using he's using Kane as the like the front man for the the alphabet crimes. Uh, and and uh, so the next thing they're gonna do is stake out the racetrack. Uh, but wait, do they do that before they? No, first. <laughs> They go to uh, to girl Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, you got to uh, get the Gilbert. Yeah. I don't know. Though. I've seen this movie 50, 60 times. I don't know the sequence of events. It doesn't no, matter. It's, very, it's like Emily said, chaos. It's very chaotic. Um, but I do know the individuals, <laughs> the individual scenes, and one of the most memorable ones is Gilbert Gottfried. Right. Uh, yeah. Who, so who's always good for three minutes in a movie like what's this. What's happening basically is that German, Cro- or German Crotchard is robbing his own businesses to get money to finance an arms deal. Okay. Yeah. They foil the insurance, yeah. yes. They foil a robbery at a bank depot and kill Dean Stockwell. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, the bad guys bad kill guys Dean Stockwell, Stockwell anyway. That's part of their scheme. Yeah, and then Axel gets the D letter from the bank depot and decodes that one. Then, <laughs> then they go see uh, Gilbert Gottfried, who is Dent's accountant. Mm-hmm. They need to use his computer. They need to get right. in his computer to look at his files. And this is the Gilbert Gottfried scene where Axel just runs and he's like, I'm from the IRS, or I'm from the, the police department, you have 26 unpaid parking tickets. And Gilbert Gottfried is, what? 26 unpaid parking I pay my parking tickets. You well, got people you, out there with chainsaws, you're coming after they're me? They're coming after putting. He's like, cuff him, please. They got people out there with chainsaws, you're cuffing me. What What would I have in this hand say that would make you forget what's in this hand? Because it was his wife's car. It was his wife's car. I love the bit where he's like, do you, do you own this? Yeah, do you own a car like this? That's my wife's car. He picks up the phone and just yells, bitch, that's, and hangs it up. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> Very Just funny like to me. Big, that's yeah. fucking hysterical. That is a, that is a thing. Like, having a comedian show up in this role, do this shtick, say something misogynistic, 
That doesn't make any sense. This is like classic Michael Bay, man. This is probably the funniest part in this whole. This movie is just too. like the scene in Armageddon where like John Mayen is the guy who discovers the discovers the asteroid, Ooh. and he's like, "Can I name I her Dottie that. after my wife? She's a vicious life sucking bitch from which there's no escape." Go get the book. Get the book. Get the book. Hilarious. Jesus. Absolutely Christ. hilarious to me. Uh, but the the funniest line in this whole thing is the first thing that Gilbert Gottfried says because they come bursting in. <laughs> and He goes, "Don't let the fact that my door is closed dissuade you in any way from entering my office." <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking it's pretty funny. Basically, it's a pretty he's funny. Gilbert, Gilbert he, he, he's steals like, the, he steals the movie. Eddie Murphy's like, if so, you're saying if I had say two hundred dollars in this hand, oh, two hundred dollars, <laughs> I'm robbing you. Here you go, one, two, the nice, nice and nice crisp. And crisp. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. And then they're like, we need to use your computer. These guys don't want anybody to know. My contact can't see you. You need to leave us alone. And they hack into his computer. He's like, ah, oh, confidential stuff. Yeah. Okay. And they get that's how they get into all of his shit there. Gilbert Godfrey looks like he's about seventeen. Yes. And they discover that that that. German Crotrot and Brigitte Nielsen are like leaving the country tomorrow or mm-hmm. whatever today or something. Their their book their their exit visas for Costa Rica are from today. Yeah, and that they're gonna rob uh, this racetrack. But the most important thing is that somehow or another the the, the clues lead them to. Well, f- they the, go the place that we the the place the place that features the cameo that we all wanted yeah, we'll, to see. We'll get there. They go. They first they go. There's another action scene where they're robbing the racetrack, and that's where they kill Dean Stockwell, not yeah. at the bank depot. A little killing reference. Yes. And there, yeah, it's a really cool scene at the racetrack. The, it's using the the awesome music that's really yeah, yeah. running Tony's, through the whole movie. Tony Scott's having fun. Yeah, it's all really cool. Um, and then yeah, they're like, after the racetrack robbery, they find like this trail of mud, and they're just gonna like follow the the getaway driver with the money to wherever they go, and uh, get get us a car. And they get it now. They're in a car chase. Yeah. And it's a cement. <laughs> Billy gets him a cement truck. <laughs> they're chasing. They're chasing these guys in a cement truck, and uh, and Taggart has trying to commandeer a vehicle, and nobody's letting him get into a car. And uh, anyway, this whole big car chase leads them to, of course, the Playboy Mansion, the Playboy Earthquake Relief Fundraiser Party. The Playboy to Earthquake be Relief precise. Fundraiser, exactly. <laughs> where they just walk in, and then uh, Eddie Murphy's shtick to get into the Playboy Mansion is, I'm the pool cleaner. Somebody took a shit in the pool. That's pretty much it. That's it. Wow, that was a like really great Eddie she doesn't, she doesn't even that. seem to. She doesn't even seem to believe it. Even this nah. person is like, just fucking go And he's in. like, I don't know. You, like, you, you want me to bring it, it out? You want to see it? Confirm it? like, whatever, just go. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry to do the Eddie Murphy voice, but I think he's really funny. Yeah, what was a good Eddie Murphy voice, <laughs> That's though. the voice that he, he uses. And like, again, in the first one, he's like pretend, really pretending to be people. And in this one, he's doing caricatures. He's, yeah. He's doing shticky comedy yeah. caricatures. And people are still and people are still like, yes, sir. <laughs> you, you seem like you're doing a comedy bit in front of me. Yep. You seem legit. <laughs> Get on in there. So our, our the, boys, our three, our three boys go into the Playboy Earthquake Relief Fundraiser Party. Yeah. He's talking about well, of course Eddie speak, gives us Eddie a chance to talk of, about boners. Speaking of uh, good Eddie Murphy impersonations, just as an aside, there's a movie directed by a guy named Leo Fong from 1988, I believe, called Hawkeye, which is like a knockoff, like shitty cop movie. Yeah. And there's a guy in there named Chuck Jeffries who is a martial artist. This guy, absolutely in this movie, doing Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop. Does it it's, work? It's remarkable. <laughs> Does like, he pull it off at good works? 100% <laughs> All right. sounds Check just like Hawkeye, him. Everyone. Looks good enough like him. <laughs> they put a picture of Eddie Murphy on the video oh box. Oh my god, amazing, <laughs> amazing! Uh, if you want to check out a really weird low budget movie, this but this guy's like he's doing like I'm watching this movie for the first time. They played the Grand Illusion a few years ago. I'm like I haven't seen this. What kind of crap is this? I'll go see it. Yeah, and I'm like 
knocked out of my chair Fred- by like <laughs> it's like this is like Beverly Hills Cop Five. Wow, this is so good. Freddie Murray. Oh yeah. Freddie Murray. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they go to the they go to the Playboy Mansion and and Hugh Hefner's there. Hef. Hef, Hef! Oh man, I can't tell <laughs> we you. Oh, we're I dying feel like to I see know you, Hefner. I feel like I know you. Oh, we for, did you? Did you? Did we talk about the park? We're like, well, how, we're we're here now. How do we find what we're looking for? We'll just just follow, follow your you. dicks. What does that That's a quintessential like. Okay, you wanted to have a dick joke, but also like, what do you mean? How? Why would that lead you anywhere? I understand that they it's have gonna boners. You, it's going to lead you everywhere if you're at the Playboy party. It's you're. It's going to be all over I the guess place, right? Technically, your yeah. dick will be pointing in whatever direction you're walking in, but still, this is another classic. Like, how like are we going to find him? Follow your Michael Bay esque hmm? digression. Absolutely, like, it's beautiful. They're sexy ladies, and they uh, they have boners, and it's and this is some stuff that Eddie Murphy riffed, and they're like Eddie Murphy's funny, so put it in there. I really Gotta like, and I'm sure we all thought it was funny. <laughs> I really like how um, the, you know they go to the Playboy Ranchers, all these sexy babes, and people are partying and being rich and stuff. And then Eddie Murphy has the fun thing where he goes over to German Crotchrod and he's like yelling at him and like, everybody, this is Max. Max kills cops for a living. Kills <laughs> cops for, for a living. living. Well, this, I don't know him and I don't know, know you him. either. I'd like you both to leave. He's like, I'm a major contributor to this. And he gives, he gives him 200 bucks too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, but I really like how after they get kicked out of the party, there's still like five or six more shots of like chicks butts oh, and, and sure. like fun music and so which like, well, we're still at the Playboy Manager for a second. Let's milk it a little bit more. Absolutely. Oh, we forgot. The valet is Chris Rock. Oh, yeah. yeah. Baby, baby, Chris Baby Chris Rock. Rock. And he's like, look, man, I get $10 for a car. I get $20 for a limo. And he's like, well, here's $50. Put it next to a limo. Put it next to a limo. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. That's pretty good. Yeah, Chris Rock has a line in it. Funny, funny, funny. Uh, Well... What else do I got here? We're building. We're pretty much at at the end. I yeah. think, we're pretty right? close to the end. Um, it's what happens after this part. I can't remember. Let me. They find more clues, and then they, they find more clues. And they, and they do clues, more stuff. And the clues lead them places. And they follow. <laughs> they their keep boners. finding a clue, and then that, that clue points to a place. They go to that place, find another clue. It points to a place. That's Eddie Murphy scams someone. He scams someone. Know. He yells at people. And that's it. You know, <laughs> there's a, there's some great explosions at the end. Though. Billy's, very, very Billy's Tony Scott explosions up. at the end. Taggart's checked out. Billy's pretty fucked up. Well, they find. At the at the stables, Billy keeps pulling out different kinds of guns that he ha- just has and knives and shit. Well, yeah. And every time he does, they're like, "Billy, we gotta talk. We Jesus gotta talk Christ, to Billy." Billy. First, first, there's the scene though where they go back to the racetrack and they find the mud at the stables, mm-hmm. and that's the mud that was on Ronnie Cox's shoes at the beginning of the movie. He realizes from the oil, realizes from the whatever. oil field, it's an oil field that is right in the middle of Beverly Hills, the, which exists. <laughs> is that right? All that shit's real, yeah. Uh, I don't know. If it's not in the middle of the Beverly middle. Hills, okay. but it is in it there's is in Los Angeles. definitely in Los Angeles. They Beverly call Hills it. They say it's in the middle of Beverly Hills. It's, de- it's dense oil field too, and uh, that's where that's why they go to the oil fields and they find all the trucks. It's also where horses graze. Yes, the pasture. That's part of the thing. And uh, and, that, and yeah, there's a big shootout, and Billy has all of his guns. Billy, uh, I'm fond of pointing out that Judge Reinhold at the end of this movie looks very much like Chow Yun Fat in A Better Tomorrow. He's got a duster. He puts He's got his the duster, duster on, the sunglasses, like, and the shotgun. Hold on, like, let me put on my duster and get my two shotguns. I've been wanting to wear this for so long, Sarge. <laughs> Jesus Christ, so funny. Jesus Christ, Billy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Billy is truly living his best life in this movie. Um, this scene, before everything <laughs> gets shitty in the third. Taggart's like, what? Whatever. This uh, this Fuck shootout at the end features two of my favorite bits in the entirety of of late eighties action cinema. Okay, number one, Billy accidentally firing the rocket launcher and blowing oh, up the yeah. truck full you of guns. Oh yeah, you gotta love that. <laughs> Great <laughs> explosion. Hilarious. So yeah. Two before that, 
Uh, Axel sneaks up on one of the guards. He's like, hi, I'm from the National Rap Council. Do you like rap music? Oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> the Rap Coalition of America. And he's like, I want you to rap with me. Yo, baby, yo, baby. Oh, that shit is so bad. <laughs> Say ow. Ow. Clack. It's so fucking stupid it's and It's so dire. bad. I, I really sums I la- it up. I mean, I was laughing out loud. Oh, oh, my God. I was in tears. I thought this was so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. It really sums it up, doesn't it? It's so bad. Like, it's seriously one of the most unfunny pieces of shtick in an, an entirely unfunny movie. <laughs> I swear to God that this, this scene where they were like, had the set, the camera set up and everything, and they were like, okay, so Eddie comes up and Eddie, points do, a gun. do one of your and, things. Yeah, and then they were yes. like, Eddie, do you got any, like, maybe, can, can you say something funny? Do, do and, he, and he's like, I don't really have anything. Just whatever. <laughs> whatever yeah, you just come anything. up with, we'll, anything. Put it, we'll put it in there. And then he probably did this, and then he was like, are you gonna, you're not gonna use that, are you? And he's like, oh, we're fucking using that. <laughs> That's mean, going in, and yeah. everyone's oh, gonna dude. love it. So good. <laughs> it's gonna go over well, too. Uh, yes. And then, and then there's a bunch of Tony Scott action. Uh, Which is really good. Speaking of Tony Scott, it's proto uh, Black Rain. Absolutely, but there, there's a part that, that I That's really like. But that, still, that um, where the he, Eddie, Eddie Murphy, like a bunch of bad stuff has happened to this building. Like cars have been driving through it, and yeah. there's been explosions and gunfire. And then Eddie has a final confrontation with the bad guys, and he walks into this room, and this room is like Tony Scott the room. It's like a Tony Scott room. <laughs> right. It's got all his stuff in it. It's a smoky. It's got birds flying around. It's got a. Pr- it's got a fan at the top that's making shadows shift. Yes. And there's <clears throat> drape stuff draping down too. It just is a perfect Tony Scott, like art direction. He just got to so do whatever the spinning he wanted. Fan and everything. Give me oh, all this man. stuff. There's a chain hanging down, and then a car comes driving through, and and Axel like grabs the chain and and like gets out of the way of the car. Car goes flying up off a cliff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> chaos. Total chaos. <laughs> this movie is total chaos. And then uh, and then Bridget Nelson is like, now I'm going to kill you, Mr. Foley. Goodbye, Mr. Foley. Her, her tagline is goodbye, goodbye, whoever. Mr. Foley. And then and then it's like, oh, no, it's curtains did, for, did for you, Axel. Did you talk about first how uh, first he Axel kills German Crotrot, who's trying to run him over in a limousine. The limousine jumps off yeah, three goes cliffs. off a cliff. No, it goes off one cliff and then off another cliff. And then... Hits the ground, and then there's just a hard cut to it, completely still, on fire and exploding. Like, it doesn't even look good at all. It's really lazy. Um, I think they they probably, the the trigger didn't go off when it it went off the cliff. It was supposed to explode. They were like, just cut to it, fucking exploding. But then, yeah, then Taggart, she's about to kill Foley, and Taggart, out from off camera, blows her away, and and just goes, (laughs) women! (laughs) Yeah! So good. All right, guys. So good. Job. good. I'm like exhausted good just talk, hearing you guys talk about this movie. Oh, I love it so much. There's so much going on. <laughs> what a terrible fucking we're, movie. There's no energy left for Beverly Hills Cop 3. <laughs> well, that's, for that's sure. appropriate. If we yeah. all sound like we're on methadone, then we'll be like everybody in that fucking movie. Um, and that that's the end. Uh, Bokemil is actually not dead, of no, course. He's fine. he's fine. He's out and up. He's even like on his feet. And he's promoted to chief of police yep. at the end. Because, <laughs> because Bob Ridgely shows up and he's, I am tired of this abuse from Chief Let's. You're fired. You two, you're fired too, Biddle. You're gone. And he fires. <laughs> he fires all the people who are bad. And, that, and he, that's he when Eddie, that's all the when Eddie that Murphy good. gives him the two hundred dollars. He's like, "I've got to go to a charity function right now. You guys did a great job." And, and Eddie like, Murphy's like, "Here's, here's yeah, twenty two hundred bucks under the name of Sidney Bernstein. That's my alias. I don't like a lot of publicity." Ugh. Well, first he goes in and he's like. Hey, Bogomil, what are you, chief of police now? And he's joking. And then he's like, yeah, I am. And he's like, oh, really? <laughs> you d- yeah. you are? That's awesome. And then, you know, uh, Taggart and, and Rose would, like, thank Eddie Murphy. And Eddie Murphy's like, well, you don't have to thank me. I love you guys. Wait, we, for- we, forgot about, we forgot about the part where before Bob originally fires Alan Garfield, 
He's yelling, like Alan Garford's yelling at them again. And uh, Billy loses it. He's like, Oh, he stands up to him. You, if you pull your head out of your ass long enough, you see that we just totally solved this crime. Then he gets fired, and, and Eddie Murphy goes, Eddie Murphy goes, pull your head out of your ass long enough, man. You guys are getting more and more like me every day. In a little, little while, you're going to have afros and big dicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right. good. Oh, my God. I love it so much. <laughs> and then John Ashton gets back together with his wife. With his wife, yep. This is a funny line here where he goes like, he's like, oh, he could, she couldn't resist you or whatever. And he's like, no, nah, she just because I pay for the cable or something. And he goes, yeah. no, 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 it was your cable that brought her back. Exactly. <laughs> Talking about his dick. <laughs> Uh, and then so that's the great. and then he as he drives away, <laughs> as he drives away, the real owners of the house show up, and oh, the yeah. guy looks suspiciously like Joe Esterhaus to me. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of speci- yeah, they're kind of like uh, very specific L.A. types. Yeah. What's going on with my house here? What's going on over here? And then they're like Axel. And then he freeze frames, ah. and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> Shake down, take down, break down. Everybody wants it to the top. My favorite song for a good two years. So good. Hell yeah. Bob Seger's much reviled Shakedown, the one, the Academy Award winner. <laughs> Did it win the Academy Award? I think it won. It was nominated. Or it was I don't at think least it won. It didn't win. All right. Academy Award nominated movie Beverly Hills. Nominated by both. It was a nominated Oscar and also another. It was also nominated for something else too. Wow. What a what a song. What a song. The forty eighth best Bob Seger song of all time. <laughs> uh, let's see if well. I have any lines. Axel wins the day again, doesn't he? Like. Oh, great. Fuck Rambo is a thing that Taggart uh-huh. says when Billy's being fucking insane. Um, don't touch the leather, sweetheart, is a cool thing that Paul Reiser says to one of the... Billy's driving Lucy's. the cement truck, and, and Axel goes, are you driving with your eyes open, or are you, like, using the force? <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, I think good. his delivery was I pretty like good I the part where that. Taggart's like, you drive worse than Maureen. And he's like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> now that's going too far. Uh, this is this is Taggart. I got angina the minute I saw Foley. <laughs> do and really, then he, that's why he do just Do I really up. look like Gerald Ford? Y'all both look like Gerald Ford. <laughs> I don't know. There's not many. It's it's a lot of. There's not a lot of like good lines. It's really just Eddie Murphy just going and going and going. Yeah. Like it's it's really. Uh, it's Beverly Hills Cop too. Like his I whole mean, thing, his whole shtick where he convinces the lady that the thing is a bomb. Where she's like, I'm just gonna use the phone here. But no, you know, don't use the phone. The slightest thing. Yeah, all that <laughs> the shit. Slightest thing I'll say. No. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, ratings. If this movie weren't terrible, I'd give it five juts. <laughs> it is. It needs to be pointed out that this is terrible. So I'm only giving it four. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> because I love it so much. I've seen it a million times. I will watch this movie a million more times. I'll never get tired of it. Uh, but it's a piece of shit. I'm going to give it one Douglas again for the strip club and the Playboy Mansion. Oh, my God. Because uh, there's like there's not even any like real nudity in it. There's a couple boobs in the strip club scene, but that's about uh, it. Just, just, just a couple about, boobs. I want to talk about that. Yeah? Right now? Well, when, when I cover my Douglas. Okay. Uh, but anyway, you say one Douglas. You better be covering your Douglases. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna give it ten out of ten big bitches. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. This is a tough one. I don't because I don't think I love it as much as you do. And it, nobody and does. It does need to be acknowledged that it's fucking terrible. Yeah. But it also needs to be acknowledged that, like you said, I will. Watch this. I've probably watched this movie, if not once a year, every other year. This is the second time I've watched it this year. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy myself when I do watch it. Yeah. yeah. I watch this movie and I go, yay. And I also go, this sucks. <laughs> yep. That's what I was when I was watching it in the office with my coworkers. We're all going like, "Yay, this sucks." We're all having that reaction. It's that kind of movie. It's hard yeah. to explain. Now this is a, this is like the when I. <laughs> 
it's so close to a parody that you can't believe that it isn't intentional parody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, like, there's a there's a isn't. there's a movie that came out a few years ago called London Has Fallen, which is a favorite of mine from the last five or six years, yeah. and that again, not a joke, terrible, but does exactly this in exactly the right way that you can't believe it's not a joke. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy as as chaotic as it is and sloppy. It's entertaining as hell. I'm gonna give it three and a half. Okay. Because we're talking Judds here, and Judds are a special kind of rating for a special kind of movie. Uh, I'm gonna give it two Douglases for the Playboy Mansion and the strip club. I wanted to point out that this strip club scene gives gives me the willies for uh, this this particular part of it where there's they they really highlight this one lady who, who's stripping a lot, who and they keep they cut. They cut to her probably eight times. They keep cutting to these shots of this naked lady, and they keep cutting to shots of her. And I think she must be a producer's girlfriend or something because there's so many shots of her, like way too many. And then it is, they keep cutting to her and then cutting back to people looking at her, cutting back to her, and then cutting to the people looking at her laughing. Everybody keeps looking at the lady and going, <laughs> she's naked. It's weird. I don't know what it means. Maybe she was a real dancer at that at that real club, and in order to use the club, they had to highlight one of their best dancers. Yeah, I got my best girl here. You really got to highlight her if you want to get my club. Yeah, that's probably what the guy said. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to talk like that if you run a strip club. The studio uh, guy's mistress. It's just her nakedness is really cracking people up in this movie. It's strange. I don't know what the hell that's all about. Um, and I'm gonna give it ten out of ten. Guys with chainsaws. Mm. There are guys with chainsaws out there. Cuffing me. Um, I'm gonna give it. I'm giving it three and a half Juds. Um, I really I like this movie. It like you guys said, it's not. It's just trying to do everything all at once. It's super chaotic and it's just like in your face nonstop. But it's like also I'm like having a good time while it's doing that. But I can't really say that it's like a great movie. Um. Also, the soundtrack still fucks, so that's good. Um, and I'm gonna give it one Douglas for Playboy and strippers. Nothing too crazy there. And I'm going to give. All of us, three tickets to the Playboy Earthquake Relief Fundraiser Party. Oh, thank you. You're, you're we welcome. We need five million dollars <laughs> to get into that one. We just made it. Mm. Oh uh, boy! Now, now for the real. Now for really, we're gonna dig deep on this one. It's gonna be another hour of us talking oh, about. Let's. let's <laughs> uh, if we're able to. <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna be able to. And get out the of this rest, one. and the rest is Beverly Hills Three. All right, next next episode. What are we talking about? <laughs> Beverly Hills Cup Three. Yep. Hello, my name's Axel Foley. I'm looking for. Hello, welcome to the Beverly Hills Police Department. To continue this message in English, press one pound. If you have homeless people on your lawn, press two star. So, what brings you to California, Axel? Vacation? I'm looking for a killer. One, please. We got some evidence that points to one the world. Thank you. Thank you. You mean Rufus Rabbit has gone berserko? You got yourself in the middle of a federal investigation. That guy killed a police officer. He killed a friend of mine. You just keep him out of my face and out of my park. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a tremendous surprise for Mr. DeWall to have me standing right next to him right now. You know, right now I can feel his body tingling. Bring that man down. <laughs> John, the, 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 the dream is over. The amazingly uh, kind and 
wonderful John Landis directed this. <laughs> Murderer John Landis. <laughs> and Serial Na- Fabulous. And Serial Fabulous. 1994. But Great Father. So seven whole years after Tony Scott's sequel. So and I have ten nice years. things to say about this movie, mm. which is still terrible, and I don't like it. Not like Beverly Hills Cop 2, where I'm like, right. oh, I love this piece mm-hmm. of crap. I do think that, like, as a John Landis movie, this makes sense. It's just a bad Beverly Hills Cop movie. Mm. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, Murphy was, like, really depressed, and he you was feuding with it. Landis during the movie, you too. You see it all over his face. And always somebody always else, hated Landis. I think it might have even been Pinchot, was like, Eddie Murphy was deliberately trying to not be funny in this movie, which seems to have made sense because he's uh, not funny. I texted you guys last night when I watched this. I was yeah. like, I don't even think I fucking laughed it's once. Like, funny. I didn't crack a smile. No. Uh, and like it, it's it's like it's shot in a very John Landis way. Like his style works for Trading Places or a movie that's like kind of a throwback to an old like a vintage comedy from the forties. It doesn't look good. But this is an action movie, and but it's still shot that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's very flat and cheap looking. It's mm, very like yes. key lit, and it just doesn't have any visual. Or narrative or verbal energy. The editing, so, the editing is incredibly slack too. Yeah. Like they just like they just let scenes go on, shots go on too long. There's zero pacing to it. Yeah. I, I kept on making because uh, there's no jokes in the actual movie. It's like actually not funny. Not that it's trying to be funny, but there's giant portions of the movie where it's just they're Nothing. not even. There's they're not, not jokes. They're not. It's not even like that was a bad joke. There's just no jokes. Yeah. No. no air left in the lungs for this one. But it seems I, I, like all the funny stuff is like things that John Landis thinks is funny. Like, well, well, well the Battlestar Galactica robots are in it now. Huh? And then all of a sudden, everyone in the in the suit and the costumes are playing cards. Yeah. But I, there's like a, I said this like eight or nine times when we were watching it because there'll be a scene where like Eddie Murphy like shows up at someone's office or shows up in a room and is like. Uh, I'm Axel Foley. Where's the um, office where I'm going to find this guy? Oh, okay, Axel. Uh, it's down that hallway there. Thank you. Yeah. And then he wa- <laughs> exactly. and then you see a shot of him walking down the hallway, and I would just go, Beverly Hills Cop, baby. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> do any shtick in this. He doesn't do any of this <laughs> stuff. A, there's just long, long scenes where he's not being funny. Nobody's yeah. being funny. It's not exciting. Taggart, <laughs> it's just Taggart and Ronnie Cox aren't in it. They rewrote Taggart to for Hector Elizondo's character. Yes, yeah, except he's evil. Except he's bad he's in this evil now. Evil Taggart, uh, which was dumb. Yeah, the movie. I mean, I don't know if Taggart being in it was going to make it any better. I like There's Hector a lot Elizondo. Fucking, fucking wrong with it. I like him. He's, he's, fine. he's the Princess Diaries chauffeur. There were many versions. There were many in. versions <laughs> of this in which uh, Axel goes to England. Okay. But they couldn't get the budget for that. I read that it, that Eddie Murphy really didn't want to film anywhere outside of the U.S. I would buy that, too. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want to film, period. I mean, he didn't want to film, he any, and he definitely like wasn't going across the, the fucking pond. Yeah. You'll, you'll rarely see a performance that's uh, less obvious that a person doesn't want to be there than this movie. It's, it's and, sad. And that's not good, because as we've discussed in the prior two movies, these movies are Eddie Murphy the movie. I do think it's, <laughs> He's I do the think whole it's deal. funny that the plot in this basically is that... Okay, Inspector Todd gets killed by these bad guys at the beginning of the movie. One of them is Michael Bowen. Gil Hill dies. Gil Hill dies. Um, and then uh, it turns out that that's all part of a plot to smuggle these very high-tech guns that basically look like they're made out of Legos. They just look like fucking garbage. Oh. Uh, and they're and the, 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 it's head up by this, e- this crooked cop named Ellis DeWald, 
Mm. Who is supposed? People kept telling me that this guy is like a good bad guy. Not. A no, good, he's not. not. He's boring. Terrible. He's terrible. Forgettable bad guy. Uh, the actor is is also like, who's this guy? He is, in fact, the Bill Murray's competition for yes. uh, Sigourney Weaver's hand in Ghostbusters. I'm not. He might have two lines in <laughs> Ghostbusters, and that's his most prominent role. Uh, yeah, he's a Broadway guy, and uh, see, he's bad. And then and then it's like they're running this smuggling operation out of uh, Disneyland, which is fake. It's called Wonderworld, and that's just the, the uh, zero attempt at any kind of satire of this Wonder World, and they clearly spent a lot of money <laughs> yeah. shooting it in, in some real park. No, they shot it somewhere real. They shot it somewhere real, but there's also uh, processed wider shots of the park yeah, that yeah. look terrible. But and they don't. They don't. Tr- they're not aiming for any cut. They went through all the trouble of fabricating a, a fake Disneyland, yeah. and then have zero interest in satirizing it at all. They were just like, We're "What if it was Disneyland?" Except even more boring, a little different. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> different. But it's basically, there are the dumb scenes where, like, the theme park rides, they have action scenes in them, and like a guy will get crushed by a fake falling wall and stuff yeah. like that. That's not even interesting, though. Like, have you guys? Like, I used to just read so many Wikipedia articles about amusement park deaths and shit <laughs> and there's so many interesting fucked up things that happen at amusement parks like just be a little creative with it yeah a lot of decapitations I like the alien attack ride at Wonder World though it looked cool <laughs> <laughs> with the with the with the, the original the OG Cylons, yeah, everything's so generic. But like Alien Attack Land, uh, Happy Land, uh, Fun Part, and like, and then all the characters are Okey just like an guy. elephant. Okie dokie. There's like a scene where Eddie Murphy's wearing one of those mascot costumes, and that's just supposed to be funny en- enough for us. He's just there. Like, what if Eddie Murphy was he doesn't wearing? Doesn't do one anything of the... funny in it. This movie's also he's just rated walking PG-13. around in it. What the fuck? I'm like, I'm like realizing it. I'm like yeah. post watching, realizing that nothing was funny. There's a scene where he's like hits, where he's like asking a girl, the lady out on a date, and he's wearing this costume, and that in itself is like they're just hoping that this somehow is funny, and they, but they, you know, that they know it's not funny either. It's, just it's rated PG-13. Like he doesn't talk about anybody's dicks in this. No dick jokes. Yeah. I miss no, it. It's actually R-rated, but you is it R-rated? It, yeah, we looked For it up. For what? He does swear. Uh, Fuck. But, but it takes to like. It's a little bit violent, I guess, too. It's a little violent, and there, and he does swear enough. Like the main. Like but the it main doesn't action have the kind of sequence before the end is the dumb scene where he rescues the kid off the off uh, the ride. Off that the would ride. be really scary. Though. There's some cool stunts in that scene. Yeah, that would be super scary if you think about it. It would be super scary. That's th- that's He's what I took. Around. That's what I took. I was like, wow, oh, that this would be is, really scary. An, another part in, in a different sort of way where it, it's like this crazy sort of Ferris wheel with cages. It's sort like a of spinning, spinning, caging around. Ferris wheel that goes up, spins around, really and, high up, and it's and it's. Like breaking down for plot reasons, and Eddie Murphy's jumping from uh, from thing to thing, and I'm going like, "This is what we this is what we come for for a Beverly Hills Cop movie, mm-hmm. like disaster type action sequences." Yeah, but that's like the most effective part in the whole movie. Is, Billy, is some of these action Billy scenes. is not even sweet or funny anymore. Oh, he's phoning. Everybody's it in. on methadone he's, in this movie. He's part of the DDOJSIOC. Uh, That's supposed to be funny. Which is supposed to be funny. He wears a a, a, ca- a ball cap that says that. He on keeps on going like I'm part of the GGDSIOC, and people are like, "What's that?" And he's like, "Oh, like that." That's supposed to be a funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> he gave an interview. Eddie, Eddie gave an interview when this movie came out that said that like he wanted Axel to be like more grown know, up I and responsible. Great. And, and he that's why to be he like didn't. Denzel. But honestly, I feel like that's him just like covering up how like depressed and shitty was Something, so he was man. just like this is That's, it that, that, I don't really want to work on this Axel being, Axel being more grown up is like a, an idea like when they made the one of those thin man movies where they're not drinking they're quitting they're quitting drinking right. like, it's not yeah, part just of go it. ahead and take the That's thing the whole thing is him <laughs> acting this way so don't do it differently <laughs> we, went, we decided to remove the thing that makes it good 
Uh, that was our choice. Wait, the one thing I thought was funny that I did like in this was a a blip in the whole thing where uh, Axel sits behind the dead guy and makes a weekend at Bernie's gag saying, he ran up those those stairs. (laughs) And I went, huh. That was my reaction was like, huh. 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 You're not going to fall for the dead guy? (laughs) Huh. Huh. How about that? Oh, I also liked the kiss my ass wonder dollars. That was I, I, thought, I took a picture of that. I thought that was kind of And funny. it also just kind of summed everything up because it's towards the end of the movie. And then you yeah. get a literal like piece of money with Eddie Murphy's face on it. And it says, right. kiss my ass. After this movie has sucked this hard, you're like, that's pretty on the nose right there. Right. <laughs> and you know, for, all, for our listeners, sorry we're not going through pl- bit, point by point the plot in this one like we did the last two, but it's just there's nothing really there besides this. Like this you can imagine. <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> making fake money at this amusement park and everyone's phoning it the fuck in. You it's know? Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, Gil Hill, his his chief has died. He's avenging Gil Hill's death. And that's death. it. He goes, he goes back to L.A. This actually doesn't take place in Beverly Hills. It mostly takes place at Wonderworld. Yeah, and, so what uh, the fuck? He hangs out with... I'm ch- I feel cheated. He hangs out with Judge Reinhold. But Judge Reinhold is even more checked out somehow he's than Eddie so, Murphy. Yeah, Bronson Pinchot comes they, back. Bronson Pinchot comes back and no is one, at least trying. No one is the beloved characters of yore, you know? He like, even does the same gag. Get the fuck out of here. No, and it's, I cannot. And it hits different. This is, yeah. this it is hits cra- different. The, the way that they're doing this nostalgia shit, they do the get the fuck out, but then they also... Judge Reinhold shows up and he's like, oh, remember that time that I tried to sell you... A, I, tried to, I gave you espresso with a twist of lemon? He's like, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. And I was like, yeah, we all remember that. Yeah. That's a good movie. That's rem- that don't what remind mean? us of don't the good movie. Don't remind us of the fucking movie that we- is actually good. But uh, Bronson Pinko is at least like has a slight, a slight amount of it's not like it's good or anything, no, no, no. but I'm just like it kind of comes alive a little bit. And it's also very strange that he's selling a, a high-tech. I think that there's something supposed to be satirical about this gun, too, oh that has like CDs he's, in it. He's selling like has like music fashion high-tech High tech yuppie guns. Yuppie guns or whatever. I should have the name. I of this don't gun. know, you guys. I'm tired just talking it's the about Anni- it. Annihilator 2000. Upper income for uh, upper income survivalist. It's pretty bad. That's it's the closest. Really dumb. The closest it comes to any kind of like actual satir- satirical uh, content because they don't do it at all for the Disneyland thing, which is a very strange choice. Uh, they even have a, a Disney uh, Walt Disney proxy named Uncle Dave, mm-hmm. Uncle uh, Dave. Who, who is played by the actor who does the voice of Scrooge McDuck. Oh, iconic! That's <laughs> Alan Young. Love him. <laughs> Love that so, guy. So, and he's just nice. And he's like, Axel, you got to help me with whatever's going on in this movie. And he's like, I will. And at a certain point, Uncle Dave gets sh- gets capped too. Yeah. And he, Axel takes him to a hospital. Nothing funny about any of that. There's some, there's some Christ. really, there's some really decrepit examples of Murphy shtick in this movie. Like at the beginning, where he's like, "Hey, is this one of these illegal chop shops where you chop up the cars? Because I got a Buick out front. It's my wife's Buick, and I want that cho- car chopped up because that bitch ain't right." Yeah, great. <laughs> there's a scene at the very beginning where you're all, where you go like, "What?" Where there, you see a chop shop, and Axel's about to like break, go into the chop shop, and uh, and a bunch of. Um, the people working at the chop shop start to do a coordinated dance. They're like mechanic-looking oh, yeah. dudes. One of them is Edgar Thylth. Yeah, Edgar Thylth, that's Edgar right. Edgar Thylth from 24. from 24 and Sopranos. And uh, and they're all like doing a syncopated uh. dance to a Supreme song. Which is very John Landis-y and and It's very John yeah. Landis-y, but you're just like, what the fuck? This movie is very clearly John the Landis. Fuck is yeah. going of on? course. Like if if you were if you showed us all three of these movies and didn't tell us who directed who, but we had the three directors, it's very, yeah, you'd very know which easy. one was which, yeah. Yeah. And the guy who... Uh, <laughs> This is this is a bummer. Remember when he goes to Billy's office 
And he's like, man, you got a refrigerator in your office? Yeah. J. Edgar Hoover didn't have a refrigerator in his office. Maybe some hair curlers. <laughs> oh, jeez. several jokes like that where you're just like, oh, the joke writes itself, doesn't it? Uh. Joke, just, joke just writes itself, doesn't it? <laughs> Good stuff, guys. Uh, but while, while we're still in the chop shop, like it, this breaks out into a, cra- a crazy, chaotic gunfight that goes on and on. Yeah. Um, but uh, for a split second, the dude who, what's the actor's name, who, who eats a candy bar in Die Hard? Oh, Al Leong. Al Leong. Yeah. He's, he's in it for a split second, and he gets mowed, mowed down. Mowed down. You're like, we couldn't have got a little more Al Leong? <laughs> just give it, just the one shot of him? What the fuck? Uh, this, hey man, Al Leong's got to eat. disappointed for so many reasons. Um, yeah. Oh, there's and here's another attempt at satire that they try to do where he pulls up to the new high-tech, I guess, Beverly Hills Police Department, and it's got like a talk box uh-huh. oh, on yeah. the front. And it's like, for to... to you know, if you know the extension of where whoever you want to talk to or whatever, press these numbers, and he's like, Mwah. Um But at one point, the the automated machine goes, uh, "If you have homeless people on your line on your lawn, press 15." And you're like, eh. "Well, <coughs> that's something, I guess." Are there even any good lines in this, Travis? I think I just said any? two of them. But besides the ones we've already, here's another. Here's another very. Te- I don't know if there's any good lines, but uh, so. here's another te- r- really telling line, um, where. I think it's like two of the security guards that are their antagonists. They're like thugs that work for the bad guys, and they're at the park, and they're like, "Get out of here, Axel!" <laughs> or something like that. And, he, and you're like, "All right," and he's gonna, he's, he, and you know, Axel's gonna say something to him, right? And you're like, "This is Axel Foley. It's gonna be something good. He's, he's gonna really tell him off or say something real funny." And he goes, "You know, you know, you should have your tailor let out the chest so the gun won't bulge in the back." And yep. he turns around and walks away. <laughs> so funny. Like, That's our Axel. Oh, Great. Wait, That's what? our Axel. <laughs> what? Oh, and then at the end of this, uh, he's what? the hero, and they they na- they he make the a hero. whole uh, new costume character for him called Axel Fox. And we're supposed to Boo. fucking lose our shit. Boo. Uh, as, like, as with all the John <laughs> Landis movies, there are many, many cameos by famous people, directors and actors oh, and whatnot. That's worth talking about. Maybe. George Lucas. Martha Coolidge, John George Singleton. Lucas the, what the fuck? I feel like I didn't even spot any of these people because maybe see, I just did like you was spot George over. Lucas or you no. Oh, okay. He's Where like a, he? he's like a grumpy customer in the middle of the Axel movie. Axel oh. steps in front of him to get on the to get on the spider ride where the action scene happens, oh. and, he, and he goes, "Hey." Yep. <laughs> and then at a certain point, he goes mm, or something like that, and then yeah. walks away. And it's, it's great. Why? Uh, John Singleton's a fireman at the end of the movie. Yeah, Joe Dante's Joe Dante. in it. There's a scene where like some exposition is getting delivered via a news report, and it's being watched by like Ray Harryhausen and Arthur Miller, and they're in a bar. <laughs> Somebody else. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Scene. What is this shit? Yeah, it's like yeah, you're, I'm watching it going like, I mean, I like John Landis's movies mostly, and I so I see like the John Landis movie in this that might be funny to somebody but is bad and that's it like there's no this is not a Beverly Hills Cop movie it's yeah. terrible this yeah. is like Die Hard 5 bad yeah uh, if you want to watch a John Landis movie that is, uh, came out around this time that is extremely weird and has all these his, weird his cameos his film I believe is it Innocent, Innocent Blood Innocent Blood yeah which is a shockingly hor- horny <laughs> Vampire Very movie weird movie that features Don Rickles turning turning into a vampire and exploding. Yep. Rickles. If you want to see Don Rickles exploding because sunlight hits him, this and then and then f- ten minutes later, a extremely graphic sex scene. 
Jesus. It's a very weird movie. <laughs> this is the movie featuring what is Anthony it called? Lepaglia. Innocent Blood. Innocent Ooh, Blood. Yeah. It's not good, but it's it, 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 it like this movie. But it, it's got a bunch of crazy shit in it, and this one doesn't even. Wait, have that. I didn't know this was John. I like know this cover. Nope, it's John Landis. And and then after uh, after Beverly Hills Cop three, Landis, in my opinion, recovered with the stupids. Okay. I like the stupids. <laughs> I like the stupids too. That was one of my favorites growing up. Um, but he hasn't directed. No, his last narrative feature came in 2010. And, and he hasn't killed anyone in ages, too. I mean, when's the you last know, time? You he know that he and Murphy had a falling out before making this movie, and then like got back, like made up to yeah. make this one. But uh, he got they got into a big argument on coming to America. It was famous. And he had he said at one point later on that he's like, I will work with John Landis again the next time he works with Vic Morrow. <laughs> God, God damn, damn, that's some cold <laughs> shit. Well deserved, but cold. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, Eddie! <laughs> Fucking hell, man! I love. I, well deserved. Damn. I mean, people should be saying that shit about him all the all time. All the time. He's a fucking murderer. Yeah. Oh, manslaughterer. Whatever. But a great parent. <laughs> but a great parent, as we could all agree. Uh, yeah. There's just a bunch of stuff happening in the mo- this movie. It feels it's hard. It's a hard movie to hate. Is it's certainly an impossible movie to love. But yeah. it's also like hard to hate too, because it's like it reminds me because just everybody's so narcotized in this whole thing. It reminds me of one time that I had surgery and they gave me Demerol. I don't know if you've ever been <laughs> on Demerol oh, man. before. Have you not been on? Ooh. But it's like an unpleasant. Uh, but you're di- still disagree you're, strongly. An, well, for for my experience, it was an, an opiate, which mm-hmm. you gotta love. But uh-huh. in, you but, gotta uh, love them. But, but but like not fun. Okay. Well, so I, I was mean, still. You're still in a kind of. I don't know play, if I've you, ever had in this movie. You're still in a, like some sort of kind of What's narcotized haze, which is to fun me. In its to way. me, it was like being in the K hole. Okay, I've never been in a K hole. Yeah, it's like for, ketamine's fun, but then you do too much of it, and then you just kind of can't move. Yeah, mm. it's this. I th- I think it is like almost it, not even almost. This is an astonishingly slack movie. It, like the the the. It's, it's Beverly inert. Hills co- inert to a, a, an insane degree. We didn't even it's mention that Teresa Randall is in it. Teresa Randelson, that's right. Wait, what who kinds is she? Of people she's the the lady who runs the rides and stuff. The like, basically, the kind of the love interest. Oh, like. she's so pretty. Yeah, she is really pretty. But that was all she really Girl got six. to do. There's a really funny scene. I don't know if it's intentionally funny, but very telling, where like at a certain point, the bad guys turn the the, the police force against Axel Foley. Mm-hmm. Now, Axel Foley is like got the cops after him for a brief period of time. And then it's not like because nothing matters in this movie at any point. But at one point he walks up to two cops, and he's there in the hospital. I think this is when he's taking Uncle Dave to the hospital after Uncle Dave gets capped, yeah, and shot in the fucking stomach. And then he walks up to these two cops and he's like, "Do you guys know where the coffee machine is?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's right over there." And then he walks away. And then they get a, uh, yeah, the radio uh-huh. radios in and so it's, suspect is an African American male in his thirties, and they go get him. Yeah. But it's like they didn't say the suspect is wearing this or this. Yeah. No, they, they got up. They him. got up when it said African American. African American male in his thirties. That's the guy. Which I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but is right. Works in a in a sort of way. It makes sense in in its way. The also, part of the, just oh, the nearest one. Oh, I was just gonna say the outfits weren't even impressive in this at all either. No. There was only one that I noted, and it was when he was wearing an oatmeal colored mock neck. Yes, that was yeah. a really nice shirt. But other than He's that, a well dressed like, man. Not like, but not as impressively as the first one for sure, because he had really good outfits there. But second one, there was everyone looked cool in the second one. Yeah, I thought it was disappointing just because you know, like everything's disappointing about this movie. But at the end of the movie, where they're like, "Here's Axel Fox, the new mascot for Wonder World," 
Like, I can't believe there wasn't, like, where's his dick at? Like, his dick isn't big enough. Yeah, something. You know so what I mean? He doesn't get a half or anything. Give us one last Axel Foley dick joke. Please. Yeah, you know. <laughs> something about his dick getting hard. Yeah. Give us something. Um, there's yeah, a s- nothing at all. <laughs> there's yeah. a set I mean, piece. what are we here for? <laughs> there's a set we piece We really were it. cheated with this we, one. We really want Axel to be, I want Axel to be more mature in this one. Do you? Because <laughs> that's, like, not what I want. Or do you just, like, not want to do anything? You just don't. Yeah, want I don't it. think he. You know. He was very depressed. He looks depressed. Like Everybody, how else? Yeah. How else can you defend that kind of performance without being like, without straight up being like, I was really depressed. You can be like, I just wanted yeah. him to not be as funny. That's, but it's but it's the idea. exact opposite of Beverly Hills Cop, where he's so wildly charismatic that he has chemistry with everybody yeah, in that movie. Exactly. So any scene where it's Axel and anybody else, you're like, I like Axel. I like this person. Like everybody's yeah. cracking. So his, his his in the exact same way, he he has no energy in this. So every interaction that he has, he he draws out the worst in everybody else. Right. Like uh, Judge Reinhold is so yeah. is so out of it. He's not cute boy from Belly anymore. It's, it's like sad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's another thing that kind of makes it interesting. Like I, I'm not, I don't. It's not going to make me, my rating go up any higher. But there is a certain um, rubbernecking a- aspect to the whole thing, where you, you know, like train wreck sort of, where yeah. you're just kind of like, God damn, I cannot believe, I, mean, <laughs> I can't believe this movie. Yeah. And it cost fifty million dollars and made like hundred and twenty. So it's still they still no, made it didn't make a hundred. It didn't crack a hundred. That's one just of the, what it said on Wiki. Oh, I heard this was not one of the ones that didn't. That it was the only one that failed to crack a hundred million at the box oh. office. Well, I hope so. Maybe that's domestic. I don't know. I hate the idea of uh, any anybody getting rewarded for phoning it in. This this might be the hardest a movie's ever been phoned. I in. mean, it like poisoned the character. This is like a huge franchise that they just abandoned. You know. <laughs> My favorite character, one of my favorite characters of all time. Yeah, I mean, they already fucked with that formula pretty hard in the second one, but at least that movie's fun. But at least they did it with energy. Yeah, right. and, and this is this is just an, an, an incredible arc for Eddie Murphy. This is over the period of thirteen years, and you've gone from the, the most charismatic performance. Uh, I'm on record, the most charismatic performance in the history of film, to possibly to the least one. Yeah, to this. Ooh, man. Like one of the, one of the set pieces because they keep on trying to come up with just stuff to fill the movie. They don't. They can't do the kind of movie that they would prefer to do, which is a Beverly Hills Cop movie. So they're just sort of like ah, action scenes, yeah. some sort of set. So like there's set pe- like action scenes that take place in amusement parks, which are like hypothetically interesting. There's a part where he's got this goofy gun, and he's like keeps on hiding behind a bench, the and then he thingy. can't find the button because the gun does a bunch of stuff. So at one point, it shoots a net. Yeah, and then and at it, one like, point plays it plays music? a song. It plays an Easy E song. Yeah, and then and then so you're like, and then he keeps so and then he keeps and then they shoot at him. He hides behind the bench and then he pushes another button and you're like, okay, so first it shoots a net, then it plays a song. What's it gonna do this time? Comes up again. It plays a different song. <laughs> so it's, it's just like yeah. even this one thing they can't even do it right. It wasn't like, <laughs> like God damn. It's depressing. Dude. It's depressing. Uh, I don't know what more to say about There's it. There's literally nothing more to say about this. Oh, wow. Do, do we have any, any <laughs> other quotes or anything like that? No. No. No, we don't. <laughs> it, it does feel like it doesn't deserve ratings. us talking about it for more than 20 minutes. Seriously. No. You didn't earn it, Beverly Hills Cop Sorry, 3. we're phoning it in as well. <laughs> yep. We're all doing That's it. That's all you get. Uh, yeah. Fuck it. Uh, ratings. One and a half Judds. Mm. Zero Douglases. I'm gonna give it. Yeah, we didn't even get a strip club in this one. I know there could have been like a Wonder World strip club. I'm gonna give it ten out of ten wasted John Saxons. Okay. Oh yeah, Jesus Christ, everyone's wasted. But the, but the certainly the worst is John Saxon. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, is that okay? That's it. Um, <laughs> well, they massacred my boy. I'm I'm gonna give it a half a Judd. I hate this movie. E- even like I said, it's hard to hate uh, when you're watching it. I'm not going like, Argh! but it's what a piece of shit. Yeah. Like nothing. Like everyone was so sad. Yeah. It feels just like a, a movie made by incredibly depressed people, and that can that seem to carry out to everyone except for Hector. Yeah. Hector, sure. <laughs> Hector's just giving a classic Hector Elizondo. Yeah, sure. he, he had no idea he was he wasn't getting phased by any of this, these bad vibes on I set. I showed up to work that yeah. day. Yeah, they paid me money. I went in there. It's, there was craft services. It was great. Yeah, I'm Hector Elizondo. You can't get to me. I was between Gary Marshall movies. Yeah. Uh. Uh. They they, they massacred my boy. I mean, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. Can, like my favorite character, one of my favorite characters of all time, and this is, I mean, fucking tragic, man. Yeah. Uh, so maybe the new one will be good. No, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Let's just leave. Uh, it's like, let's zero. Leave it. They don't even go into a strip club. Yeah. In this one. Just go into a strip club. The fucking nineties, man. Uh, yeah. unbelievable. And uh, I guess I will give it ten out of ten. Extremely uninspired. <laughs> clones of Disney characters. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, a fucking elephant. It's literally like if squirrel. you like cross your eyes a little bit, you're like, yeah, they're Disney characters. I guess. <laughs> like Disney. Like, oh, is, it, is it like Disney in a funny way? No. No, it's just like not but Disney. It's like but Disney. it's like Disney. <laughs> is that all right? It's not as good as Chuck E. Cheese. Why? It's just terrible. Yeah, at least Chuck E. Cheese has a weird element of like Jesus. psycho, like someone's going to get stabbed. Fucking weird. Okay, I'm giving it one and a half Judds because of everything we talked about. It's just so not funny and it's so phoned in, but it, it it's like you, but you want it, you kind of root for it the whole time because you want it to be better because you love the guys and everything and you love, you're like, oh, it's at a amusement park. So it ha- it could, it could be fun. It could be cool, but it just doesn't really, it doesn't work at all. We talked about it. Uh, zero Douglases completely. This is a, very chaste movie, <laughs> and no, he does, it's the only one where he has a love interest. Mm-hmm. And he does, that Ugh. doesn't. And I don't barely. Martin, Martin Lawrence's <laughs> sister from the Bad Boys. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm gonna give it five million kiss my ass wonder dollars <laughs> for <laughs> our Patreon. This is one part in the movie where I was like, oh, that's uh, a thing. It was another. Kind. Huh. <laughs> this, <laughs> this movie got two huhs from you. Yeah, it got yeah, two. Great. Or maybe I'll give it two huhs. Two huh. Yeah. That's uh, that's about right. Well, we yeah. did it. We Triple did it, man. Boy, the and just Triple like Axel. just like the movie itself, the energy came way down. Oh yeah, we kind of crashed. Uh, but maybe the energy will be up for the next movies we did, which is my, which is your well, idea. Now it's time to unveil first. unveil the name. Well, what were we doing? It was because uh, it was Emily's we idea. We are doing uh, murder by numbers, lucky number eleven, and the number twenty three. Well, what's it called? It's called dumb. And number. Yeah. Dumb a number. <laughs> worth the wait? Worth the worth wait. The wait. That's worth so. your four fifty. That's worth your four dollars and fifty number. cents in one box. Ha ha, Will Goss. Could you have come up with that one? Right. I don't think so. That's fucking great. Take the L. <laughs> <laughs> Take the L, Goss. Uh, so, thanks yeah, for listening. Sign up for our Patreon. Check out the you can check out the Tony Once Scott. We get to episodes. 150. We're gonna do a third Tony Scott episode. We were we just recorded a couple episodes with Kevin for, and he was in France. Ooh. Good episodes. Bon Sure. Good episodes on the Patreon. Good episodes on the Patreon, so check that out. Tell your friends, tell your family, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Five, st- uh, five, five stars, stars only on iTunes, on please. IT. Only. And uh, until next time. 
The suspense is killing us. Bye. Bye. I find that kind of thing funny. Shake down.